Fox News is absolutely disgusting. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, November 11, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 251. This is No Agenda. Dodging the contrails from space and sea. And coming to you from the... Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center, and Gitmo Nation West. That's right, in the People's Republic of Southern California. Yeah, in the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And at least I know where I am, northern Silicon <laughs> Valley, and the garbage trucks are going by as I speak. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Yeah, sorry about that. I was like, uh, okay. where am I? Oh, wait a minute. It's Thursday. I must be at the Watchtower. All is well. <laughs> in the morning to you, John. In the morning to you and all the ships at sea. And all of our boots on the ground. And to all veterans of these United States of Gitmo Nation, uh, I'd like to pass off a hearty in the morning to you all. And, uh, of course, to our human resources who are all charged up and ready to go just the way their government likes them in the chat room. Yeah. Um, I, I got a legal brief, John. Well, before you go into anything uh, complicated or actually serious, can can we make a quick diversion? People always want to talk about food and wine and stuff like that. Sure, hit it. I have a, just a quick little thing to discuss. I want you to uh, talk about. Have you ever had a persimmon? A persimmon? Yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> I have no idea what that is. I, I wanted to say something witty, yet uh, I, I think I should stay away from it. What's a persimmon? A persimmon is an interesting fruit that I've somehow become uh, addicted to eating. Um, I never used to like these things. That's a, it's, there's two kinds of persimmons. And people should go check out the For some reason, all the farmer's markets now have a ton of them. I don't know who planted all these trees or when they came around or why we even eat them. But uh, persimmons are a, f- a funny apple-like product. Uh, that looks like a tomato. There's two kinds of persimmons. One's a bigger one that looks kind of like a like a like a dark orange pimento, uh, you know, like a which is a bell pepper without any crevices. Mm-hmm. And those you have to let ripen and get soft, and you can eat them with a spoon. My wife has been eating those since since I married her. She's al- she's always loved them. I never had much. Didn't think much of them. And then there's the hard little persimmon, which looks like a tomato. And uh, you can eat it like an apple. It's got the same crunchiness. In fact, I have a piece here. Let me just bite into it. Oh, it's kind of it is kind of crunchy. No, it's kind of crunchy. And I'm gonna have to get me some of these persimmons. Well, they have a funny flavor. They're, they're kind of bland, but but t- but tasty. I can't explain it. But anyway, mm. so these little ones, the oh, they're not they're pretty big. They're like they're like a, they look like a big like a medium sized tomato. Mm-hmm. Only they're orange. So is it a and sweet taste or ripen? Is it a sweet right? taste? Is it a sweet taste or what is it? It's mildly sweet. Mm-hmm. It's just unique. Let's put it that way. And is it good for you? I probably. <laughs> it must have I'm aspartame in it. If, if you're liking it, it's got to have aspartame. It can be good. <laughs> now, a couple of things I want to mention. People should. I'm only promoting the persimmon for no apparent reason, except for the fact that I'm I'm, I'm stunned by the number of persimmons that are on the market right now. And I'm sure if you go to the farmers market down in L.A., there you'll see a million of them. But anyway, you. My, I want to give some people some eating tips on these things. The the the, the hard little one. The, well, there, sorry, the hard a, there's a shape. there's a tip from the uh, chat room that says never ever eat a green one. No, I don't. Well, I've never seen a green one. Okay, well, you shouldn't now, eat the, them. The bigger ones you let ripen so they get soft. The 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 regular tomato orange size uh, tomato sized orange ones. Uh, you want to you know you don't want to let them get, once they get soft they rot. 
Mm. So they're going to be kind of crunchy. You you, cl- you cut off the top. They have. Oh, and by the way, they have wax all over them, just like an apple. And you can polish these babies up on your shirt. <laughs> they're gorgeous. Cool. I mean, it's beautiful fruit when you polish. Okay, it. okay, okay. I get it. You I cut the it. top off, and then you slice it into like wedges or, or bite-sized peaches. You can eat it like an apple, but for some reason, if you eat it like an apple, just bite into it. It, it it's annoying. It's, it's uh, something about it is just, I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna. I, like I, I will get me some persimmons, and I will give you my review on uh, Sunday show. How does that sound? It sounds good. Now I want to mention one more thing before I change the topic. But the persimmon, the the, the ripe to kind of get soft, the bigger persimmons. Uh, which has got a Japanese name. I think it's an Asian fruit. Uh, those make a pie that is just phenomenal. It's one of the best pies you'll ever have. Now, I just want to mention one more little fruit oh. that, that, that <laughs> just came off the market real quick. Maybe I'll talk about it on Sunday because you can't get them anymore. I should probably maybe wait a year. They're called Jujubes. Yeah, and I, there's I know a trick Jujubes. to those things, too. Mm. Well, let's save that for Sunday show, John. It's riveting. <laughs> anyway, go out and get your persimmon and check it out. Yeah. Now, you can eat uh, a persimmon, which is family of the Richard Simmons. Uh, legal brief that we received, John. Uh, you, 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 of course, uh, the persimmons are very uh, important, but uh, we received a, an actual legal brief from Gitmo Nation Maple Syrup, as it says here. Uh, Plaintiff Patrick B. Hereby we, Gitmo Nation citizens of the New World Order, are pursuing a claim against John C. Dvorak, known as the Buzzkill, to establish respectful manners where and when it shall belong. John, this is a legal brief against you. Ah. Hence, from now on, the defendant shall never, ever kazoo while happy and distracted slaves are charging up their lives by singing to the sound of the Gitmo Gitmo Nation National Anthem. The defendant may may clip his nails, silk his teeth, or bathe his feet at low bubble speed, but in no way distract a tribute to the New World Order. I guess people took uh, issue with your kazooing during our Gitmo Nation National Anthem on uh, Sunday show. In the morning, Gitmo Nation, we are all charged up to be human resources and servants in all lands and all ships at sea. From the east to west, down on to the lowlands and beyond, we are happy and distracted slaves in our Gitmo Nation song. <laughs> You're going to Gitmo for sure for that. Hey, I didn't use the kazoo. No, that's true. You did not. It was very specific in that complaint. All right. Uh, do we have any um, producers for today's program? We only John. have one, and that no. came in by mail. Ooh, okay. So we're short producers this week, ladies and gentlemen, but we've got the one, and I'm going to mention her name. A woman came to the rescue. Thank goodness. Who, by the way, wants to be a dame. She's going to start sending in more money. She sent in $262. Oh, nice. Uh, and it, her, it's Carrie Schoen from uh, Schwaben, Deutschland. Schoen, how do you spell that? S-C-H-O-Umlaut N. Schoen. Oh, I could do the umlaut, actually. Schoen. Hold on. Schön. Cool. C-A-R-R-I-E. I'll read her note. 
she's the executive producer, the executive the, producer for the, the only one. There's nothing else yes. today. Crap. Got a lot of other donations. Is that because uh, we had so many technical difficulties that we sucked? I mean, is that why? Oh, that could be. Is that huh. why people say, "Oh, this show"? I mean, it should be the opposite. People like, "Oh, those poor guys." They need more money. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I run marathons and listen to the No Agenda on most of my training runs. Good use for the show, by the way. I'm Excellent. sending ten dollars for every mile of the last marathon I ran on in Munich, München, on ten ten ten. Consider it my first knighthood payment. From now on, I plan to donate the same amount after each marathon. Wow, that's awesome. Until I can be a dame. Thanks you so much, and keep up the good work, Carrie Schoen. P.S. A shout-out to my husband, Stefan. I call the poor guy German boy a lot now. <laughs> I think the, Technically, I think it's Germany boy. Uh, I don't think it's... Oh, that's what, no, that's what she put to him. Sorry, Germany boy. <laughs> she calls him Germany boy. Come here, Germany boy. Now, where did that come it. from? Where'd that come from? That came from uh, the cop. You. It came from you making fun of some poor Germany boy. Yeah, no, but no. Wait a minute. It didn't come from me. It came from the cop in Arizona who uh, pulled oh, over right, the, the Germany boy cop. And they called him Germany boy. Hey, you know what the speed limit is here, Germany boy? Remember All that? Right, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah, I think it should be a meme, <laughs> Germany boy. <laughs> Germany boy. I'm sure the Germans all saw that video and got the biggest kick out of yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, oh, we got it's Germany boy. Right. We knew the Americans were douchebags. <laughs> this just proves it. We yeah. must go there as Germany boys. Lovely. Well, okay, at least we have one uh, executive producer. We're always proud and uh, and thankful for that. And we will have uh, some more uh, people to thank in our donation segment. But this, uh, of course, shows that uh, we're in trouble. Shows in trouble. But, yeah. yeah. Well, at least at the producer level. At the producer but the, level. The donation sure. section is going to be extra long, actually. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Wow. So why? What? What happened? We got a lot of donations under hundred dollars. Okay. Well, all right. It's tough times. Everyone's working along with us. Don't blame. So me. Carrie Schoen, Germany chick. Hey, Germany girl. We really thank you very much. And uh, I guess you'll we'll be uh, daming you very soon. Uh, only uh, three Every more. Ma- she runs. Yeah, th- yeah, three more marathons to go. Or something. Let's hope not. I'm sorry. I said she blows out a knee. Then no, whoever, you know. That's not a nice. One. Hold on a second. No, I'm, I'm saying it's not going to happen. Let me just offset that for a second. That's bad. You've got karma. All right, Carrie. That is an official credit. Uh, it also is valid in Git- Gitmo Nation Deutschland. Uh, and if anyone questions that, we will vouch for you. Just uh, get in touch with us, and you can put that on your resume, in your email signature, and, of course, on IMDb. And, in fact, um, you, should, uh, you should put that on your, uh, on your running number. You know, when she has a number when she's running, it should say uh, Executive Producer, uh, Episode 251, No Agenda Show. Yeah, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Everybody else out there, something important for you to do. You have to go out. you got to propagate our formula. It is extremely simple. Our formula is this. We go out. We hit people in the mouth. New World Order. Say it with me now, everybody. Shut up, sleep. Yeah. So we had like two major... uh, (laughs) Major stories. (laughs) Major stories this week that everybody wants us to talk about, obviously. Yeah. Especially the one... Yeah, the which uh, I'd rather push off, and you have to guess which one the, that is. I think the missile would be the one you want to talk about later. Yeah, yeah. Why do you want to talk? Because you think I'm going to have some kooky theory? Yeah. Uh huh. 
Hey, by the way, we had to, you know, the funny thing is in my, on my blog, somebody sent in a, I, I, actually, when we get to it, I'll, I'll go. Well, why, why wouldn't we do it now? I mean, you think I'm going to okay, have some kooky story? I, maybe I, I actually have, me. maybe I actually have some uh, really good information. Yeah, like there was some test plan by some other organization or something that nobody knew about, or but it was posted. Well, I think uh, probably what we need to do because it's been all over the news, obviously here in um, in Gitmo Nation West, and I'm a little bit bummed because I we were actually home when this took place. I was cooking, and that's where I would have seen this easily because I see exactly out that direction. And I would have seen this uh, this missile uh, fire off. And uh, sorry, I'm going to say before you go into, it, I do have a clip of all the coverage kind of put into one. Oh, medley. really? Okay, good because I I have like three different different clips. Um, where's this? The- was, uh, this was lifted from the John Stewart show. Although he interspersed it with his commentary. I just ran it all together. All right. Let me. Let me. Uh, oh, that's short. Good. Let, let, so this is uh, for people who do not know. I'll just set up really quickly. If you hadn't heard about it in other parts of Gitmo Nation, um, there was a, a news report captured on video by a CBS local CBS news hel- uh, news helicopter of what certainly looked like a rocket blasting off into uh, space (laughs) right off the coast of uh, California, right off the coast of uh, Los Angeles, actually. So here's uh, some, uh, some choice bits of coverage. was launched off the California coast last night. A mysterious missile launch. Is it a missile? What is it? Somebody knows. Whoever launched it has to know. We have called every military base in the western region. We have called NORAD. We have called NORTHCOM. We called the Coast Guard, the Navy, the Air Force, the Pentagon, local members of Congress. No one knew anything. We're just getting no answers from the government, from all these different departments of the government. It looks like it could be a launch from a submarine. A missile from a Navy ship. Could it be a secret test? Or Russian sub? A commercial launch of a satellite. Optical illusion. A meteorite. A show of American force. force. Maybe even a U.S. intercontinental balloon. Some kind of black ops or secret, highly uh, undercover operation. What else could do that? <laughs> yeah, that, that pretty much does sum it up, doesn't it? That's our news coverage here in the U.S. Yeah. of A. So a couple things. So first of all, if this had happened in any other country, if this had happened anywhere else in the world, everyone would have been going ape shit. Like, you know, oh my God, it's the start of World War Three. And all the Pentagon had to do, really, is just say, uh, yeah, satellite launch. That's all they had to say. They didn't have to do anything else but the, the denial. And I, I think I do have to play this one clip. This is the clip that, uh, that is probably propagated the most of people saying, well, hold on a second. Uh, the, um, the local news station drummed up a former secretary of defense. Uh, the guy's probably close to 80 years old. And they went out and interviewed him, and they keep reusing clips of him. And actually, um, uh, what I will do, uh, I'll play the follow-up news clip. So they get this guy on camera. He says, oh, yeah, that's a missile. He said, that, actually, it's not a tomahawk that, uh, that looks, uh, he said, looks like an interballistic, uh, intercontinental ballistic missile. And the guy, you know, he was a former deputy secretary of defense. You know, so it's kind of credible. It's like, yeah, that, that, that pretty much looked like it was a missile to me. Um, and then the, they bring out this uh, consultant um, 
What's the guy's name? Bruce Sykes, I think the guy's name is. Let me see if I can find it. Well, it's all in the in the links, uh, the show notes, noagendashow.com. And this guy says, oh, no, 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 no. It's a, it's a contrail. It's a, see, it's an optical illusion. It's actually a plane that is flying towards the camera, and that's why it looks like it's going up into the air. Meanwhile, there's a plane flying right by <laughs> in the background with no contrail whatsoever. And it's, not a, it's like black smoke, right? This is the first black smoke <laughs> yeah, it contrail. Was, of- it was ludicrous. And by the way, that's the, the meme that finally closed the story. <laughs> That it was a contrail. It's a contrail, yeah. Well, so here's here's how it's more or less been kind of played off. An ordinary Southern California sunset, punctured by something not only out of the ordinary, but still a mystery. A large plume shoots into the sky. It looks like a missile launch. But no U.S. military or civilian aviation authorities are able to explain it. These incredible pictures were captured Monday evening by a local news helicopter. The plume appears to have originated about 35 miles off the Los Angeles coastline. Now, this is what's really interesting. I I want you to uh, pay attention to this because right from the get-go, because this helicopter uh, basically shot this footage, everyone says in all the reports, in in the early reports, it was 35 miles off the coast just to the north of Catalina Island. Right. So just bear that in mind, because I do have a reason for that. Uh, and, and the helicopter, the chopper pod could clearly see the plume coming from the ocean. You know, and, and he said, well, it looks like it's uh, you know, right off to the north of Catalina Island. That's why this information is out there. Fine. Heading northwest over the Pacific, experts speculated on a wide range of possibilities. It could be a test firing of an intercontinental ballistic missile. So that's the uh, former deputy secretary of defense, a guy who would kind of know what that looks like. It's clearly an airplane contrail. <laughs> that's the consultant <laughs> from the Pentagon. <laughs> this is the, with the guy from the Pentagon? Yeah, he's a consultant. They drummed oh, up yeah, some guy. Yeah, yeah, the, the, this, I mean, the, I do have Pentagon guys, but I don't want to bore you. I want to get to the meat of it. Uh, it's an optical illusion that it looks like it's going up, whereas in reality, uh, it's going towards the camera. Yeah, you stupid slaves. What do you think? What are you stupid? It's who's a contrail. Who's this guy kidding? And how does he know he hasn't even seen it in person? He's, has he? Yeah, hey, it's an optical illusion. Shut up. Shut up, you stupid slave. What are you talking about? Clearly. Vandenberg Air Force Base, which often launches missile tests and satellites, says it wasn't theirs. The Federal Aviation Administration says it, quote, ran radar replays of a large area of West Los Angeles at approximately 5 p.m. Pacific time on Monday. By the way, um, and I have a couple links to this as well. There's a, so they have, they had, initially they showed video, and you see two things in this video. You see a helicopter. Another helicopter, which I can't tell what, it looks like a big one. I can't see what exactly what it is. The video is just not good enough. This is the KCBS news video. And this helicopter is uh, hovering, an out-of-ground hover. Um, and this missile, I mean, I'm sure it's miles different, but it looks like the, the contrail uh, went past the helicopter. And in the background, you literally see an airplane flying by at a, at a lower altitude with no contrail whatsoever. But then in pictures later, if you look at any of the pictures, you don't see the helicopter or the aircraft in the background. That's just interesting that that seems to have disappeared. The radar replays did not reveal any fast-moving, unidentified targets in that area. We called the Coast Guard, the Navy, the Air Force, the Pentagon, local members of Congress. No one knew anything. 
why the government is so badly organized that they're not able to get somebody out there to explain it and make this story goes go away. I think that's the real story. I mean, it's absolutely insane that for all of the money we're spending, for all of these technically competent people, uh, that they can't get somebody out there to explain what's incredibly obvious. NORAD released a statement saying it is incredibly obvious that it's a contrail. Incredibly obvious. Is aware of the unexplained contrail reported off the coast of Southern California yesterday evening. At this time, we are unable to provide specific details, but we are working to determine the exact nature of this event. We can confirm there is no indication of any threat to our nation, <laughs> and we will provide more information as it becomes available. All right, so... I thought that was a pretty good wrap-up because they, they bring in that uh, former Secretary of Defense. I, I just want to play, play the nightly news for a moment because now they get a, a different guy on. And, and he ends up by really, really, really pulls a boner on this one. Um, but actually ties it into something else which I do want to talk about. So this is Brian Williams on the Nightly News. The light in the skies last night, the trail all the way up to the sky, and the reports from eyewitnesses who said they saw a missile fired off the coast of California. It's been a day-long mystery from the Pacific all the way east to the Pentagon. And the question is, are people telling the truth about what it was? Then there's the Carnival cruise ship with thousands of people on board, crippled and adrift with a massive U.S. air aircraft carrier steaming toward it to render assistance. We begin with those first two reports tonight and first to the Pentagon and this rumor of a missile. Jim Miklaszewski on duty there to start us off tonight. All right, so here's the Pentagon, John. Ministry of Truth finally, finally steps up to the plate. They got to talk to us and tell us what's going on. Jim, good evening. Good evening, Brian. Good evening, Brian. I'm glad we had that little chat up front. Uh, let me tell you what's happening, Brian. And just who do you believe is indeed the question tonight? More than a day later, U.S. military officials admit they don't know exactly what it was that lit up the skies near Los Angeles last night, but they say they're convinced it was not a missile. Uh-uh. It's okay, a shocking on. image. Let's stop that for a minute because obviously this – I don't know what the point of this is. Go check your uh, Adam Curry uh, Skype thing because this was posted on my blog by someone, uh, which was taken off of a, another site. I don't know where. Uh, uh, I, indicates- I, I, no, I, I don't even have to look. I know what it is. I'll get to that. Okay. Well, that, we can talk about that. But first of all, let me say a couple of things. One, you rarely see a contrail by itself, and you mentioned there's another plane flying nearby without the contrail. And missile shots, anyone that lives on the West Coast, uh, these guys in the Pentagon probably have never seen a missile firing. But anyone who lives on the West Coast, uh, we have a, a, a operation called Vandenberg Air Force Base, which is very similar to Cape Canaveral, Cape Kennedy. And they shoot missiles off every once in a while. In fact, that everybody the, the, gets to see. It's the, not like a, a once in a lifetime thing. I've seen about five of them. Yeah. I mean, and you'll see them from the Bay Area. You'll see them from Los Angeles. You see them from all over. This one obviously was not from there. This was done from, well, we, it's seems 30, as though 35 it's, miles off the coast. It was a Navy uh, operation, apparently. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the point is, is that. The, the the contrail you get from a uh, it's not really a contrail that you get from a missile it's a smoke trail, and they they look different they act different in the wind it's a completely different animal they're very distinctive looking and when you see one you say oh looks like somebody launched a missile there was one maybe about I think three or four months ago I I saw and it was just a mess I mean it makes a mess and it reflects a lot of light and it looks just when I saw that picture I looked at it and said that's a missile launch it's what they look like. It was, of course, a missile launch, 
And uh, yes, the information you sent me, uh, I have not been able to verify, but I have more information on that. Let's just finish up this nightly news report and then we can bring it all home. This video from a KCBS traffic copter shot at sunset yesterday shows what looks like a missile soaring into the sky dangerously close to the coastline just off Los Angeles. At one point, close. the unidentified... Yeah, Dane, of course. Oh, there's, there's all kinds of memes and, and stuff. What bull crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. listen. flying object streaks through the clouds, spewing black smoke and what appears to be flames shooting out the back. Which, by the way, was quite clearly smoke and flames, John. You saw it, right? It's smoke and flames. Yeah, but it wasn't black smoke. No, but it was It was like rocket smoke. Yeah, it was rocket smoke, and it was, yeah, that's yeah, what it was. That's what smoke. a missile looks like when it goes off. We've seen them a, a million times out here. It was They're a missile. common. All right, all right. The video sent the U.S. military into a frenzy. Ooh. For hours, frantic heated phone calls flew between the Pentagon and NORAD, trying to figure out just what was this mystery object. Pentagon officials say the video is the only indication of a possible missile shot. The Navy and Air Force strongly deny they had fired a missile. And using satellite imagery, NORTHCOM and NORAD found no evidence of a missile launch. The video appears to show the missile flying right through the middle of the heavy air traffic area around Los Angeles. But FAA officials tell NBC News they reviewed air traffic control tapes and those radar replays did not reveal a fast-moving object in that area. And at the same time, there were no reports of any unusual sightings from pilots. So then, what is it? Military missile expert John Pike believes it's an airplane, likely a jumbo jet, and the appearance of it streaking upward is an optical illusion. Here, it's coming out of the sunset. It looks like it's being lost. I think this guy's just looking for a job. I think what happened is there, this is the same guy that said, I can't believe the Pentagon has, you know, we're wasting all this money and no one can come out and talk to us. I think this guy is like, holy crap, this is this is my ticket home. It's like, I got to get out there. I got to get on t- TV and say something that the Pentagon will love so I'll get some more gigs. I mean, this guy, it, can, truly. Can I, can I mention one more thing? Yeah. The uh, these guys come up with this bogus thing that it was a jumbo jet seven forty seven, but they didn't have any other evidence of anything else. So, so they have these things. So apparently the area is so well covered with radar and NORAD and all the rest of it. Okay, which what yeah, flight what flight was, was it? it? Of course, of course, that's bullshit. It's almost done here, and then I'll get to my point. South water, but it's not. Pike and military officials also point out the object is moving too slowly and changes course like an airplane, not a missile. <laughs> The Pentagon tonight says that uh, they insist or believe that it was an airplane and insist that whatever happened did not pose a threat to the U.S. But a senior military official tells us if we're not exactly sure what it was, how can we be so sure about no threat to the U.S.? Uh, You know, this is just the kind of ambiguity, Brian, that will feed conspiracy theories forever. Yeah, that's it. Conspiracy theories. Okay, two things. Now, what you just Skyped me, I do not believe is true. Uh, Because the first thing I did as an aviator is I said, okay, where's the NOTAM? If they were shooting something into the sky, then they have to have what's called a NOTAM, a notice to airmen, uh, because it's kind of dangerous to be flying around one of the busiest airports in the country if you got shit shooting up into the sky. So uh, you posted, uh, or someone I guess posted in the comments on your blog, a, uh, a notice to airmen uh, from the, uh, the 8th, which says uh, the following restrictions are required due to Naval Air Warfare Center Weapons Division activation of W-537. Um, I, I looked for a NOTAM, didn't see one, so for this one to show up all of a sudden uh, is questionable. 
Uh, I'm not quite sure what this means, uh, so uh, I'll have to look into that. What I do have, and thank goodness we have producers uh, nationwide, and uh, one of our people on the inside of NASA, uh, which, by the way, uh, both Dvorak.org and Curry.com are blocked on NASA's network. Uh, I'd, like, <laughs> I'd like to inform you. <laughs> I think we're, we're way too questionable. So he sends me a link to the national... You're blocked? Yes, I'm blocked and you're blocked inside NASA. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Um, Just like for airmen, there are notices to uh, the ships at sea. And the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency uh, posts warning messages. And uh, this is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, it's in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Uh, it's the, uh, nav, nav area, um, uh, warnings. Here it is. Eastern North Pacific, California. And this is, this is from a government. This is from NGA.mil. Uh, missiles, uh, intermittent missile firing operations from 0001 Zulu to 2359 Zulu daily Monday through Sunday in the Naval Air Warfare Center sea range. The majority of missile firings take place, 1,400 Zulu to 2,359 Zulu, and 0001 Zulu to 0200 Zulu daily Monday through Friday in the area bound by. And then the area is uh, 34 North, 119 West. And it actually, it's a, they give like seven different areas all the way down to from 32 to 35 North uh, from 118 to 123 West. Now, if you go to Google, uh, Google Earth, and you hover your mouse right over Catalina Island, uh, where this thing emanated from, you will see that that is approximately 33 North, 119 West. So this is exactly the area where they uh, where they warn, they put out a warning, and here, item number two, Vessels may be required to alter course within the above area due to firing operations and are requested to contact uh, plead control on 508.5 megahertz before entering the above boundaries, maintain continuous guard while within the range. So they actually did put out a warning message that they will be shooting off missiles in this time period (laughs) in that exact area. So, you know, enough with the bullshit already. I think... One of two things could have happened. First of all, it, there's, uh, and I have the links here in the show notes, there were known uh, war games going on, or war games, uh, I should say, uh, practice uh, sessions. By the way, and this is not, I'm not discriminating or saying anything about this in this context, but interesting to point out that this is the first naval um, war game operation what do you call it, John? Like uh, exercise. Exercise is what the word is. Uh, that includes women on submarines. I just want to point that out. So maybe there was some distraction going on, and maybe just one got away from him, which is actually what my insider at NASA is saying. He said, dude, that was totally a rocket, and I think one just got away from them. However, there's another story, and this is the crackpot theory, but there's another story in the news which has been bothering me, which is this cruise ship off the coast of Mexico. So this Carnival cruise ship, which all of a sudden loses all power, right? The thing is dead in the water. It's got 4,500 people on board. And immediately, they're sending aircraft carriers out to this thing. They've got the, the, the Army involved, the Navy involved, the Air Force involved. And because of some fire, this thing has no power. The toilets won't flush. 
yet now that it's it's being tugged by the way conveniently to San Diego right i mean your favorite place yeah which is one big military nest i mean why didn't they so first it was oh we're going to we're going to tug it back to the port in mexico which is where everyone departed from it was it, they left from mexico that's where everyone's car is it's where their flights are back from it's where everyone expect you know everyone came boarded the ship there why are they tugging it back to san diego because they have to debrief everybody and tell them the real story what to say they exactly everyone needs to know what to say cuz here's what it's a theory, John. It's a crackpot theory, but it's out there. The theory is that there was an EMP strike from a Chinese submarine, which, of course, this, this was 200 miles off coast, and the EMP disabled this ship, which I, I think there's some validity to the thought because, and by the way, EMP is electromagnetic pulse. Well, before you go on, mm-hmm. I want to mention an anomaly that you played a second ago which kind of caught me a little bit, but now that you mention it, this... It, no, continuously, these two, are, these two stories are being mentioned together. Yeah, they're both being... They're, and uh, Brian Williams on NBC, which is a front for somebody, because NBC, we know that they're connected to the government somehow because mm-hmm. uh, of all the promotion they do on MSNBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they connected the two stories, and I'm going to... It could be me. But I that either is code or something else because those two stories are not connected. No, but they're being connected everywhere. And here's the interesting thing. Go look at every single story about this cruise ship. And the only thing they say is, oh, there was a fire. How can a small fire? And by the way, now that this thing is in, within cell phone range, I, I don't have a clip of it. But literally people are calling up and saying, well, they announced on the ship there's no fire, nothing to worry about. Yet the news we're receiving is, oh, there was a fire. It, this a fire disabled all electricity on board of this ship? I don't think so. I, you know, I don't know anything about... And the about, engine. I mean, I don't know anything about big ships. I know nothing about them. But that seems a little crazy to me that a fire in the engine room... And I don't see any pictures of smoke billowing out of this thing. I don't see... There's no one, like, like dead from, the, from a huge fire that disabled this, this... I mean, this cruise ship has, like... Five movie theaters. It's got casinos. I mean, you can't be relying on, on. And they made a point of saying that the casinos would not be would be out of operation, and the and the and the and the stoves weren't working. Nothing was working on the ship. Nothing. So in two thousand seven, uh, I'm just going to go back here in time. Um, uh, there was a U.S. naval exercise in the Pacific. I don't know if you remember this, John. All of a sudden, a Chinese sub popped out. Do you remember this? Uh, no, I don't. I might if you keep. They going. had like a dozen warships. They were, and the, I got a picture of it here. I put that in the show notes as well for you. It went back to the 2007 news article. Uh, all of a sudden, a Chinese ship just popped up. Went like, "Hey, how you doing? Just showing you guys that we're here. You didn't notice us get in, did you?" <laughs> so, here's what could have possibly happened. Possibly. Now, first of all, our president is out of the country. If you want to mess with America, now is the time to do it conveniently so the chinese have stated publicly publicly i got that link in the in the show notes as well in fact i'll give you the exact quote and remember we have the uh, the g20 summit uh, coming up here the chinese said hey you better not be devaluing your currency because uh, this could inflate asset bubbles and it's basically screwing us the chinese the people of the republic here because, you know, you're, we lent you all that money, and now you're basically diluting it. 
And then, and of course, we just had this $600 billion uh, monetization of our debt, which essentially, correct me if I'm wrong, dilutes the Chinese investment. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Big time. So it's possible. And, it's, and because of the code that I'm, that I'm feeling out there, just like you, John, it's possible the Chinese said, oh, really? You think that's funny? Watch this. They, they, they blow up an EMP. 11 hours before this mystery missile contrail goes into the sky, they fire off the MP. It disables a cruise ship with American citizens, completely disables it. It fries, it, it fries all of the electronics on board. The thing can't move anymore. It's dead in the water. And then as some kind of like, oh, yeah, well, we got that stuff too, although it was delayed by 11 hours, but still close enough, we fire off some rocket just to show that we got it and we can do it. And, you know, the thing probably never exploded anywhere. Uh, well, but you it, don't know that. It may have gone into outer space and taken out one of their satellites with an EMP. We but at know. least it was going in the right direction. Going west is the right direction to go towards China. Yeah. And um, I think that there is some actual posturing going on and we're not being told the true story rattling well we're obviously being bullcrap by the government and by the pentagon because there's just too much evidence to the contrary and if anybody as you saw there was a jet flying right next to the other jet with no contrail and if anybody thinks that was and to try to sell the public on the fact that this rocket launch a parent rocket launch like i said most people on the west coast have seen them they know what they look like that's why we saw it called it a rocket launch uh is a is a is a contrail for some mysterious 747 that they can't even identify it's 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 un Conscionable that the that our government has to do this. I mean, we're getting bullcrapped everywhere we turn, and now we can't even get our own podcast into NASA, which really irks me. So here's a question for you, John: If people had their cell phones, because uh, you know now they're saying uh, people are uh, people's cell phones are working. If your cell phone was off and your cell phone was uh, in your cabin and an EMP fired off, would it fry your cell phone or not? Even if it was off. Uh, it should. Okay. So that may blow the theory there, but who knows what these cell phone calls are. I mean, I, I'm really, I, I got to do some research here because now all of a sudden you show me this NOTAM. I couldn't find a NOTAM earlier, um, but the NOTAM apparently backs up the, uh, uh, the, the navigational warning, the ship warning. I just don't know what these areas are. I had to have to look at a sectional chart to know what uh, W537 is. But one way or the other, we're being bullshitted. <laughs> Something is definitely, and and I just the fact that no one is saying what happened on that ship. How? Where's the in-depth story about? Well, you know, go to Carnival Cruise Lines. They got more ships. So how? So what exactly happened? Where's the in-depth reporting on what happened and how this fire could disable an entire ship? Hello? I'll have to look into the susceptibility of cell phones to uh, EMPs. Well, if they're off. I, I don't know if it makes any difference. You'd think that it would fry no matter what, right? Well, you know, the, the circuitry, I don't know. It depends on how things are built nowadays. I mean, they've, they've, they've made things in such a way that you'd think that even off, because it's an induction 
uh, process. Well, if your battery's that, in, then of course the thing is still kind of charged and is on. And if, well, even mm-hmm. if the battery's not in, let's just assume that the uh, circuit itself should pick up the EMP as an induction. Uh, and by the way, I've, I've only heard one cell phone call from people who are using their cell phones. You know, it, this could be a case of just like people on airplanes were uh, calling using their cell phones to call on nine eleven. I mean, I don't know. There is something messed up yeah, going on. Yeah, the thing is fishy. We'll, we'll, we'll follow up on Sunday. Okay. So, uh, uh, producers out there, really appreciate all the information you're sending. Uh, and uh, keep it coming, particularly the insiders. Uh, and so, when I get this email from the guy at NASA, uh, who says, by the way, there's a lot more interesting stuff going on, particularly with the moon <laughs> my favorite uh, topic. We, uh, we'll say that for the second half of the show. For no, sure. no, I, I, I don't have. Anyway, I don't have I'm just more else. worked by the fact. Anyway, so let's move on to the next story. Yes, let's uh, let's do. Which that. is the what? What story do you think is the next story? Well, the only other story that uh, matters, of course, is the TSA enhanced pat downs. Play the uh, now. Here's here's something I want to bring up on this topic. Fox News is absolutely disgusting oh, re- yeah. regarding this. Uh, is this the uh, is this the uh, the O'Reilly clip? O'Reilly has these two female lawyers that come on. One of them is an ex-prosecutor, and they're so and O'Reilly himself. These people on Fox are so cavalier in a very arrogant way concerning uh, individual rights. Uh, first of all, they they bitch and moan about oh, you know. There's, bomber and all these other things. Let me mention something to all these boneheads that work for Fox. These guys all came from out of the country that tried to blow up these planes, and they were unsuccessful. The liquid bomber was out of England. The uh, the shoe bomber was out of France. The uh, underwear bomber was out of Amsterdam. These are not people flying from San Francisco to Seattle. We don't need these kinds of checks here. It's bogus. And the fact that O'Reilly, who's worth millions of dollars, probably flies in private jets all the time with these two, who I would have to say, shitheads they, they, but, women st- wait a minute wait a minute they are hot uh, they're not bad looking there's no well, all the women on fox are but that's what's so but, cool about it is by it because, the way the cnbc women are better looking no 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 well but these fox chicks are all blonde and cnbc are all brunette one the guilfoyle is a she's is a brunette, brunette. and yeah, she's, she's an ex prosecutor supposedly and she's an asshole <laughs> and listen to this clip <laughs> Mm-hmm. You can't fly. Well, yeah, and really, stop complaining. People should understand that this is a threat to our national security. No, we all we know why, why it's instituted, but so you, but the airline and, and the federal government has a right to say, if you're not going to do either or, you're not going. Absolutely, because they have provided a less intrusive means for you to go through, and you do the pat What's down. The, the pat down is pretty do intrusive, the, though. The pilot punched now. out some right. guy because the guy, the guy was grabbing him someplace, I guess. Right, right. So I, I don't know. I think I'd go for the machine rather than the pat down. I don't right, want to be pat down by Lenny. And at a certain, I'm sorry. I, I agree. And at a certain point, you'd rather have the X-ray yeah. just yeah. Have show you. At a certain point, Vinny or Lenny pat me down. Why not? Let him see. Why not? By the way, I love how because I of course I saw this clip and I actually pulled it myself. How she just keeps talking, even though O'Reilly's talking, the other babe is talking, and the brunette just keeps. She just doesn't stop. I'd rather hitchhike. Well, come on. I don't want to pat me down. All right, well then go through the machine. I will. I don't have any problem with the machine. There's no Fourth Amendment right here. Fourth Amendment is the right against an unreasonable search and seizure. The Supreme Court has ruled on this. They're going to pat down for the. It's either you go through the body scan right. you get patted 
down or you, or you hitchhike yeah. right. where you want to go. And it's a small yeah. sacrifice to make. Let him see you rather than having a plane. That's easy for you up. to say, go for it. I have nothing uh, to hide. Right. I have nothing. If I ever see this woman, I will go up to her. I say, I heard you have nothing to hide. I'm going to yeah. feel your breasts. Come here, baby. Take Let me touch off. you. Yeah, take them take off. off. Take them off now. You got, you nothing, got nothing to hide. To hide. <laughs> nothing to hide. Take them off. So this is clearly, when Wait. I saw this, I, I just have to get this out of my system. When I saw this, I was like, oh, my God, Fox is so on board with the scanning machines. The whole thing is being blown up. We're actually contributing to this to get people to say, and it's, I have clip after clip to get people to say, yeah, I don't want to get felt up. I'll go through the machine. That's what this is about. Yeah, no, I'm not going to disagree with that. And here's the other one that's interesting: is the blonde, uh, whose name I can never remember. She says there's no she no Fourth Amendment issue. Court- what? She says there's no Fourth Amendment issue. She says, well, besides that, yeah, well, she says that, but then she backs it up with the Supreme Court has already decided. With what case regarding these machines and pat downs? There's no Supreme Court case. That's a blatant lie. I'd like I'd like to find out what her uh, what her source is of that and what what case there was. I I have no idea. But uh, but regardless, they just put these machines in. They just started this new process of the pat down. What Supreme Court case? She's a she's a I, I just can't believe these two women and the fa- the whole Fox network. It's disgusting. Yep. Oh yeah, it is. And uh, I I have I have a couple clips that I have to share because this is now. The uh, Fox was really, really blatant, and for O'Reilly to say, "Oh, I, I don't want you know, I don't want uh, some douchebag feeling me up," uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go through the machine, Lenny. Well, I don't know why I said Lenny. There must be some derogatory comment in there as well. Uh, I, I don't want to be felt up. I'll go through the machine, and every single news story, every single one, is about uh, you know, you might as well just go through the machine, and every person is saying. Yeah, you know, I'll go through the machine. Now, I had I, I caught one guy on Fox who who's a weekend guy, this Judge Napolitano, no right, relation, right? who was on that morning show, and I damn it lost the clip. Uh, I don't know where it is. Uh, uh, of him on, you know, that crazy Fox in the morning, Fox and yeah. Friends, whatever it is, yeah. with Dana Perino, who's a real uh, interesting woman, who's also on board with this crap, and the, and the, and they always have males on that show that are that are dimwits, and this guy was like a giggly little girl. Oh, I can't be that. I got to go through the machine. I can't. Meanwhile, Napolitano is saying, hey, this is a this is a complete violation of the Fourth Amendment. He says, this is bull crap. We should be resisting this. And these two other idiots are, are just getting going. <laughs> Especially, the, the I mean, what, I, it's just... It, uh, okay, I so uh, from the chat room, I'm getting... Um, apparently, this is where her, um, her, her information comes from. Implied consent and the Fourth Amendment... Uh, apparently, implied consent, I'm reading from Wikipedia now, is a form of consent not expressly granted by a person, but rather inferred from a person's actions and the facts and circumstances circumstance of a particular situation. And this apparently is what went through the Supreme Court. So we'll have to look into implied consent, which sounds like bullshit to me. But, uh, yeah, it wouldn't implied surprise me. Consent. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me that the Fourth Amendment uh, has just been struck out of the record by, by something like this. Now, personal story. Um, Mickey and I flew to San Francisco uh, to do this benefit thing over the weekend. Uh, no um, naked body scanners at uh, Burbank Airport. 
However, on the way back, Oakland, yes, they are all there. They've got five of them, five naked body scanners. One line was open, and it was fascinating. So, you know, and, and by the way, we made sure that we went through the magnometer line. It was fascinating to see the following two things. First of all, the amount of people, and it's just sad to see them, who went into that line. You know, not prompted, just like, you know, uh-huh. They just went voluntarily. Voluntarily, and they're going in that line, and, they, you know, they're getting radiated. Now, we yeah, went... you're getting a, a shot of radiation right on the skin, concentrated, actually, if you read the USCSF report. Yeah, and, 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 uh, I, and I have a report on that, too. Okay. And, uh, but then we went through the magnometer line, through the metal detector, and uh, it was so sad, John, because we went through... And of course, I, and Mickey said, "Hey, you know, if I get searched and uh, and and someone touches my vagina, I'm going to hit him." And I'm like, "Oh Jesus!" Because <laughs> oh, she will. No, 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 she will. She will. I, I know, know she, she will. Probably would. Oh no, she would. And I'm like, oh. "And probably deck the guy." And I'm like, "Oh my God!" I said, "Baby, you know, like I'm bad enough, but you know, like you got to like really chillax here. You know, this is." <laughs> and I, I think I even said chillax. I don't know why, but I said that. Yeah, well, that's bad. That's really bad. That. That's I, I was flustered. I'm like, so luckily there was no, no feeling up. But then this guy went in a wheelchair, went through the uh, uh, metal detectors. You have to go through in your wheelchair. And this guy, he had like, you know, he had like artificial legs and all kinds of stuff. And as we're putting probably our, a vet. Uh, yeah. And as, and as we're putting our stuff back together and putting our shoes on and everything, we're, we're almost in tears watching a TSA sexual deviant feeling this guy up and I'm, I'm not kidding we actually stood and watched for an extra five minutes the guy's in the fucking wheelchair and he's like you know he's like in, a, in his crotch and under his armpits and everything I'm like oh my god it was just it was sad absolutely sad to see this happen like what do you expect this guy is what is he going to do Anyway, so I've got a couple of uh, ministry of... First, the ministry of truth. I, I, by the way, I'm going to give you the argument that I got once when I brought this up in the early days after uh, 9-11. 9-11. Yeah. Uh, you want to hear it now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in the early days after 9-11, they were, you know, patting everybody down as they came through the lines. and they were, But they, they had this system in place, and you, if you flow southwest, you'd get a little, uh, a, little, a little extra message on your boarding pass. And that pushed you into a separate line where you were randomly, because they didn't want to do any, uh, any kind of profiling, they just randomly picked people. And so they had old ladies and cheerleaders and all these guys. Well, meanwhile, you know, these <laughs> obvious terrorists, if there is such a thing, were just, you know, floating through. And uh, and me and they they was a situation, and I had, ran into one of those rules. That's why we do it because of this that. Uh, some guy in a some old man in a wheelchair with his old wife who was pushing him, mm-hmm. and they pushed him. And as soon as they saw him, they they made him go into the extra line, and they did the same thing to this guy. And I said, and I said to him, I asked him, why do you, this guy's in a wheelchair? What's he going to do? He says he's even more suspicious because he's got nothing to live for. Oh my God. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, that's outrageous. It's outrageous. Okay. So, again, we're actually propagating the meme here because everyone's focused, and it's unfortunate because this is exactly what's going to happen. But I I need to play a couple of clips from the Ministry of Truth. Uh, What we're propagating here is you don't want to get felt up by these sexual deviants, uh, so you might as well go through the, the naked body scanner. It's totally detracting from 
the nakedness and the radiation. Here's, a, here's just a couple clips. Screening at the airport is getting even more up close and personal. You can still choose between the full body scanner and a pat down, but starting today, TSA officials will be patting you down with the palms of their hands instead of the backs. KXLY4. Now, this includes for the first time, uh, and you can watch this video in the show notes, noagendashow.com. It includes a TSA official showing how the pat down works on a female body. On a, so, on a, it's a mannequin, but he's actually she. He's actually feeling the breast of this mannequin. It's crazy. McKay Allen live at the airport tonight with what passengers are saying. And we should note it is just a coincidence that the day they begin these new, more stringent pat-downs is also the day we're hearing about these new terror scares involving cargo planes. So I just want, so this, of course, is, is a report that uh, dates back to the, uh, uh, to the printer toner cartridges. And right there, the Ministry of Truth pre-produced package says, oh, it's just a coincidence. It's just a coincidence that this has happened. Just a coincidence that it's happening on the same day. I think not. The other thing that we should know, we talked to a lot of passengers out here today, and very few had actually heard about these new, more friendly pat-down procedures. I'm not pleased that they're changing to a more invasive kind of a pat-down. The airport pat-down. It used to be a minor inconvenience. The way you used to pat down the passenger in the airport. Now, this is the guy from the TSA. He's with the back of the hands. Take the back of the hands and you rub it down this way. Now we've switched it to the front of the hand. Yeah, because we need to feel it. And we go down the body and to the breast portion. The breast portion, John. To the breast portion of the body. The, How, breast, the breast portion of yeah. What is it? What is it, like a chicken or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The breast portion. That's right. The, it's the breast portion in near the crotchal area. It's a female passenger. You're going to see if there is anything in a bra. Your choice is now this. Yeah, the exploding boobs, the ones that we've been warned about. It's either go through a body scanner that essentially takes a silhouette of you under your clothes. Yeah, here's how it works. I'm gonna just yeah, roll that boy, back. I, I see it coming. Yeah, I just want to roll it back. So here's the choice. Hey, slaves. Here's your here's your choice, slave. That essentially takes a silhouette of you under your clothes, or go through a metal detector and get an up close and personal pat down, palms, fingers, and all. Up close and personal, palms, fingers, and all. <laughs> you don't want that, do you? You don't want to be felt up. That's really scary. This is the whole thing they're doing. You don't want to be felt up, do you? You don't want to have people touching you. No, go through the body scanner. It's safe. The more times the metal detector beeps, the more intimate. The pat down no, intimate becomes it's kind of uncomfortable. I'm not comfortable with it. I'm not necessarily thrilled about a pat down. Well, it's a little personal. <laughs> Those of us that wear underwire bras. TSA says pat-downs are one important tool to help them detect hidden and dangerous items such as explosives. And even though the passengers we talked to at Spokane International don't like the idea, they say they understand. I would not be very comfortable, but um, I would be less comfortable if I got on the plane and then had to get off because of security reasons. And the other change in TSA procedure is something called secure flight. All right, so there's more bullshit there. Um, So this is what is happening now, and we have information from insiders. uh, We have information from people whose neighbors are TSA agents. I mean, I've got tons and tons of listings. The whole idea is to get you to subject to the body scanner. Now, the one that I found most interesting is that the flight attendants, and let's face it, some flight attendants are still kind of hot. I mean, it's diminished in, uh, over the years. But the flight attendants, they really don't want this. And they're being asked in uniform to be felt up 
and and they're taking action. And when pilots and all the pilot associations and unions are saying, hey, we're not going to do this. We're not going through this. So the pilots are smart. They're talking about the scanners, but it's being uh, covered up by this whole pat down thing. Now, the flight attendants, just think about it. You're a flight attendant. And some of them are pretty hot. You're going to be felt up by these douchebags at TSA. Over those full body scanners over the airport, U.S. Airways Pilot Union is telling members not to go through them because of radiation exposure being a health risk. The union president said... So that's the story, but now we're going to cover it up with, with the reason why you should go through As pilots should avoid checkpoints using the back scatter machines or up for a full body pat down instead. But those pat downs are causing problems too. ABC 15's Christopher Sign explains the hassle passed on to you when flight crews choose to skip the scanners. It's a wait a valley man says ruined his travel plans. Les Johnson missed his connecting flight after he says a flight attendant didn't want to deal with the new pat-down process. We're getting calls daily about people's experiences. Deborah Volpe says the local chapter of the flight attendants union is being flooded with complaints. They actually make contact with the genital area. She makes it clear security is the priority. Our office was used as murder weapons. The union is telling flight attendants who opt out of the body scanner to ask for a private screening with a witness. We don't want them in uniform going through this enhanced screening where, you know, their their, their private areas are being touched in public. Thing is, those private screenings could delay your flight. If it happens to delay things, it happens to delay things. She says the intention is not to cause delays, and now some flight attendants are planning to sue. They have contacted the ACLU. We don't know. Somebody may have had an experience with, you know, a sexual assault, and it's going to dredge up some really bad memories. So what does the union want? Something called a crew pass, allowing them to bypass security because they already undergo background checks and fly so often. Now, the union says it is not against security, just the latest security moves that have been implemented. Reporting live at Sky Harbor, Christopher Sign, ABC. So we've, we kind of beat this to death, but I... Uh, yeah, in- but let me, let me mention something else that's kind of, that people keep mentioning on the blog and elsewhere. The pilot is flying the plane. I know. If the guy's going to do anything, he's going to kill you anyway. It's easy. He doesn't. He, he doesn't need a bomb. The drink. I mean, there's a million things. So why check him at all? He's like, it's hopeless. He doesn't need a bomb it's or. Not, that's no kind of it, it's security. It's the security theater. theater, and it's done to humiliate people. So you know, we could sit here and listen to all six and a half minutes of the NPR, our National Treasure Report, which we won't do because they actually bring up the radiation. Um, question of the naked body scanners. But again, in that report, and, and please, I encourage everyone to listen to it, the whole idea of these enhanced pat-downs is to get you to subject to the scanners because these scanners will be everywhere in your life. Everywhere they're going. It's not just the airport. When you when you go on your groovy yeah, high-speed train, this, you're going to put, put up, up with, with anything. anything. You'll be using these things to get into the grocery store. So here's what I recommend. First of all, you have to opt out, and uh, optout.com, there's a, uh, a national opt-out day, which is being organized for November 24th. It's going to screw everything up, but I have, I have to say I agree with it. Uh, opt-out. Well, I don't go- think that many people will take advantage of it. <laughs> well, it's, it's gaining some traction. I'm seeing it all over the news now. So I think that, uh, but again, the whole uh, the, the, it's being used against us. 
It's being said, oh, well, you know, this this enhanced pat-down is being used to make us subject to going through the naked body scanner. But here's what here's what I recommend. And, and I, it, it hit me, actually, when I was thinking about what to do traveling back from Oakland to Burbank. Is should I have to go through uh, an enhanced pat-down? If So, first of all, you opt out. You do not want to go through this scanner. We have enough documentation. Uh, even the NPR report, uh, and, of course, we have the, uh, the letter from the University of California, San Francisco, who are saying, hey, wait a minute, this shit is dangerous. It is not good. If you opt out and the TSA agent gives you an enhanced pat-down, the great thing about it is, and actually the idea came to me when, again when I heard this, uh, that the, the flight attendants want witnesses if someone touches your groin in an enhanced pat-down and there's no other witness around, that is your, immediately say, I want your supervisor, you held your hand there longer than necessary. That's all you have to say because no one can prove it differently. You say, look, this guy put his hand on my crotch for three seconds. I felt it. Uh, he, he was feeling, he, he was, kept it, it was there too long. And then we can have the conversation, and it is a legal conversation we have to have, and that'll do away with it eventually. How long is enough for someone to be able to feel you up? What it, at what point is touching your groin sexual harassment or molestation? And I think every single person has to do this. It's a pain in the ass, but you've got to immediately ask for the supervisor, register a complaint, and then we have to sue them. You ha- we have to do this. This, this. If we, if we let this pass, we're screwed forever. Yeah, I agree. I thought you were going to go through the machine with a dosama, do- dosimeter. Well, um, I'd like to. So, a couple of producers actually suggested this that they were going to put a dosimeter on and then go through and measure it. Can we get dosimeters? Um, are, are yeah, these they're ex- available. You can get them online. Are these expensive devices? No, there's not a device really. It's a it's a piece of film. Right. It's just, so it's it's just a cheap like button thing, right? Pretty much. And it'll measure ra- radiation. You have to have it. I think it. You think you have to go through somebody's system. In other words, you could wear the thing and then have it checked and see what the what the final you know what the resultant exposure was. It may be next to nothing. It may be too much. Who knows? Nobody knows. That's the problem. So it it actually kind of bums me out that it's gotten to the point where. Uh, we're all uh, screaming bloody murder about the enhanced pat-downs, but it's actually playing right into their cards. Yeah, no, they got to figure it out. They, they also, the only reason they, they cranked up the enhanced pat-down so they can get people to go through the machine so you can have a naked picture of everybody. I'm telling you, the first the, the thing that's going to, although I can see how this is going to play out, there's going to be some celebrity that is going to end up going yeah, through we, the machine. Yeah, we, we already predicted this. Yeah, yeah and it's going to be it's going <laughs> to end up on the Internet. They're going to make a big stink about it, and then they're just going to fire some one person and say yeah. it'll never happen again, and then everyone right. will just go back to work. Right. I mean, that's the problem that we're we're experiencing in this country: this passivity uh, toward uh, government uh, intrusion. I mean, this is and what's really bad about it is that the conservatives, and I'm going to point at Fox News, are part of this problem. They're not helping. No, well, yeah, they are. They're helping their their uber lords. They're helping their their overlords. Yeah, that's who they're helping. 
I mean, you know, the, 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 any conservative, I mean, I would put George Bush, who's a big in the news this week, into this uh, group. I mean, he didn't help anybody. He added, we have no habeas corpus, and I don't see that uh, Obama's done anything about that. They can wiretap anybody they want. I don't see Obama doing anything about that. Of course not. Uh, it's just ridiculous. It's all, you know, and all these conservatives are all, you know, you've got to be fiscally conservative, and we want less government in our lives. And we have 20 times more government in their lives before George Bush ever showed up on this. Oh, it's because of security concerns. Oh, you know, these, these guys are trying to kill us. These terrorists want you dead. How many people have they killed in the last 10 years? I mean, they killed a bunch of people with the, with the 9-11 attacks. And since then, there's been 85 million flights a year, almost 10 years, almost a billion air flights with not another incident like this in the United States this is all about Yet they keep cranking up the security to protect us from what the statistical possibility that we get killed is it's so minor it's not it's it's not even lightning getting hit by lightning and in, in during the summer is more possible so I, I just want to read this note from one of our producers who was going anonymous uh, his neighbor is a TSA agent she she by the way is not happy with uh, all of this and she will be getting us a copy of the latest handbook I just I got to read a couple pieces from this email he sent us. Uh, he says uh, the TSA has not published the latest handbook online that covers the enhanced pat-down. She says often TSA pushes down unwritten changes in policy and procedure long before it's ever seen in print. So here's the standard for security. That means the standard which is uh, has to be met largely by the local airport authority. Um, officers yell opt-out because they're supposed to do it at any time there's a so-called red flag event. And uh, our uh, producer asked if there's a list of red flags we could get. Uh, All TSA officers are expected to demonstrate command presence. Okay? Now, this is, uh, of course, you know, this is all military mumbo-jumbo. So you have to have, like, a command presence. You have to be dominating. Dosimeters were worn as an experiment, according to his neighbor. The results of the experiment were never published by the TSA agents because, of course, they're all going to die of cancer. All of them. And then they do have some behavioral detection officers who stand around whispering into their collars to you know talk about people who perhaps look su- a lot. yeah look look suspicious. Which, by the way, is probably the best the best profile. You know, profiling is probably the best thing to do. Um, but this is again an entire push to get you to subject to the body scanner because they're going to be everywhere. Everywhere you go, you're going to be walking through radiation. Everywhere you go now. Give her story because that letter talks about some of the downsides to the TSA people. Uh, outraged by the violation of civil rights, expecting the enhanced pat down will push the public over the edge. She feels violated because she's had passengers actually enjoying being touched and talk dirty to her during the process. <laughs> she wants a new job. Uh, she's going to uh, blah blah blah. Uh, she also says uh, she's confused at everything. Is published online. Uh, even Al Qaeda has all their stuff. You know, she's been indoctrinated. Uh, the TSA. Has, uh, okay. So anyway, yeah, people apparently talk dirty to her. Well, of course they do. <laughs> of course they do. So of course they do. So um, uh, someone else pointed out that the entire TSA and uh, and all of these naked body scanners were a part of the American Recovery Act and reinvest. Was it the a- American Recovery Reinvestment Act? In other words, the bailout is a jobs program, people. This whole thing is a jobs program. If you wonder where those jobs came from that we created or saved, it's the TSA. There's like 300,000 people in the TSA now. 
This was this was your money meant, meant to save your economy, and now you're being felt up for it to get you to subject to go through the naked body scanner. So to even opt out day is actually not a good idea because it's not just about opting out. It's it it. it yeah, I'm, just minimize your your flight, your travel. I can't I can't fly anymore. I just can't fly anymore. But if you think that this is the end of it, if you think that this is going to end. Uh, uh, with air travel, you're crazy. It's going to be everywhere. So anyway, uh, looks like uh, Eric the Shill has found a uh, dosimeter uh, on Amazon. And we have another link here, stanforddosimetry.com, so we can get these badges. And uh, I think we need to start our own movement here, uh, which is separate from the opt-out movement. And we need to show that there is a ton of radiation coming off of these machines. That's what's really important. That's that's what's being we're being played, people. We're being played. Yeah, and you, you know, not only that, but the TSA people. I mean, besides that machine, which doesn't look like the kind of leaded glass, uh, and it doesn't seem like it has a really good seal. It just doesn't. It looks like it's leaking. That machine has got to be leaking X-rays, even when you're not in the machine. So, meaning when you're standing in line, being patted down, you're probably being radiated. And that, and then the, and then the suitcase scanner, that thing looks like a piece of crap. I'm, I'm telling you, compared, it doesn't look like a any kind of a high tech unit. And that thing's got X-rays flying all over the place. And then they push a button to get enhanced more X-rays, so they can really plow through stuff. And some guy's sitting back there without a lead underwear on. I mean, I don't know, you know, and they won't let him wear dosimeters. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This is, this is the real Gitmo Nation, people. This is the real deal. This is not a drill. They want you to go through na- naked scanners everywhere. And uh, when I see them, those, those two women from Fox, and I, you know, there's a good chance I'll bump into them somewhere. I'm going to say, take your clothes off. You got nothing to hide. I want to see him. I want to feel you. Yeah, anyways, Should we get off this? I think we will be, yeah. be. Unfortunately, we'll be beating unfortunately, this topic up. Unfortunately, yeah, we will be. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda in the morning. Uh, and I want to start off by mentioning that if anybody doesn't get mentioned or if we left somebody out or we had the wrong amount or we forgot to do something, we do have a customer service uh, email address. <laughs> oh, we do. Shill. Shill. Shill at noagendadonation.com. Is it noagendanation.com? No. Oh, noagendanation.com. I'm yeah. sorry. What am I thinking? Okay. So we, we, wait, 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 wait. We have customer service? Yeah, shill at noagendanation.com. And also, you should check out No Agenda Nation. We're trying to beef it up so it's got uh, everybody who's ever donated where they, not their address or a name or anything. But eventually, if you have a small business and you want it plugged, it'll be on the map. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, Armin Breuer from Vienna, Austria. Uh, $100. He likes the show. He needs some karma, though. Okay. You've got karma. Oh, we're ha- happy to send you some karma, my friend. Not a problem. Um, and then we have the, this one is the, now. I've now, I, now people. You can always complain about my pronunciations of Dutch names, <laughs> uh, but this guy's first name. I, I challenge anybody out there, except Adam. No. <laughs> 
pronounced a, a name that is spelled WJB. I have a feeling we're missing a vowel. I'd, and I'd like to buy, to buy one if possible. So there's no name WJB? I, I, I have a feeling something messed up in the spreadsheet. It, it might have been an IJ, which would be Vape, Rups, uh, or it could just be his initials. WJB it could just be initials. It is not a name, as far as I know. Oh, okay. Whew. Yeah, Man, I, was, I was thinking that was the end. Yeah, he's in Kirkrad. 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 They're very good. Uh, Netherlands. Uh, hi, John and Adam. I've been sucking off the many hours of the show that, <laughs> and found that I couldn't bear the thought of being a douchebag. Exactly. Here's $100, a special mention for the DSC, which is indeed a rare kind of quality show. The fact that the two of you are so different and no commercials makes the No Agenda show worthwhile. Yes, thank you. Good point. Another, uh, a Dutchman in Delft, uh, Patrick de Kievit. De Kievit. De Kievit. De Kievit. I think it's Kievit. De Kievit. Yeah. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, then we have some guys, even though I haven't put it up on them, I put it on the thing today, today, today. It's going to be on the donation sheet, the Niner, 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 Niner. Niner, thing. Niner, Niner, Niner. And so we're going to n- n- mention the names of the people who have donated $99.99. And Adam will say, Hey, thank you very much, Jason Stevens, for your Niner, 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 Niner donation. And Ron, and, he, and Jason also says he's been a long-time listener and he's been a donor. His in-laws live in the boonies and are still in dial-up. So he's got a bandwidth deal going on. For people who just have to you know, want to hear the show, but it's on dial-up, go to lowbandwithnoagenda.info. Yep, it's in the, it'll be in the show notes in the links that rock and under the PR section for today. Yeah, lowbandwithnoagenda.info. And you can pick up uh, the show on uh, dial-up. What does it sound like this? <laughs> Ron Jordan, Evans, Georgia. We've got another Niner, 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 Niner from Ron Jordan. <laughs> Blake Wisher in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. We've got a Niner, 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 Niner from Blake Wisher. Oh, brother, this I can see. This <laughs> you can see where it's going, yeah. right? I love it, I, though. Yeah, yeah, I can see where it's <laughs> headed. I've been listening to Noah Jenna for about a month, doing the first of many donations for knighthood. I could really use some karma right now. You might as well give him a karma. Yeah, absolutely. You've got karma we love hand, you know and and actually i've been uh, emailing out karma to people uh who just email us and say hey man you know i got a job coming up and you know i'm on a five dollar a month and uh, i'm 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 easy with that you know i, I send people this jingle I said here's some karma for you it's attached to this email and and i'd like to say also um marcus couch uh, is creating a kick-ass video for the gitmo nation national anthem which I hope will go viral. And, and this thing is, when you see this, John, is beautiful. We got, we've got like the Clinton flag in Haiti, and it's all animated. It's beautiful. Cool. Yeah, it's beautiful. So when this thing comes out, and I think it'll pop uh, in the next day or two, hopefully, make sure you uh, pass that around for extra good karma for the show. Mark Martinet from Santa Monica, California, donated uh, eighty two fifty five. And then we have another Dutchman who lives in London, apparently. Erwin de Boer. Erwin de Boer. Could be, from South, could be from South Africa. Erwin de Boer. Could be in South Africa. It's in the South Africa. Very common name down there. Kimo. Oh, brother. Bonalik. This, this person is in Westminster, Colorado. Kimo or Kimo. Uh, I think it's Kimo Bonalik. Bonalik. It says it right there. My, my last name is pronounced Bonalik. How hard is it, John? It should, oh, <laughs> it says it right there. It says it in the note. <laughs> My last name is pronounced Bon Elick. 
Bonalik. Hi, John and Adam. The 33 times 33 times 2 for my girlfriend Brandy and myself. She says she hates the show, but she keeps singing the jingles. Well, she should. Strange she should. Plain that is her favorite. <laughs> well, of course. Limitan. Yeah, this, have her repeat that one. Do we have in the morning in every language? Ooh, I like that one. That's in Spanish. Yes. Para mañana. Para mañana. Oh, I can go for that one. <laughs> that's good. I like that. Did, 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 did uh, Smith do? Yeah, a bunch of course. Of, uh, the Jeff Smith. He has the Chinese one, which I like a lot. With Sashan Wu. Wu. Just show up at, uh, in Beijing. Uh, why are you here? Sashan Wu. Oh, pass. Come right through. <laughs> you must be an, a no agenda listener. <laughs> Jerome Darden, Altus, Oklahoma, double nickels on the dime. Time for all the douchebags to start donating. Yes, yes, indeed. You know who you are. The show is easily better than anything on TV. How much do you pay for that? Yeah. Hope this helps offset a few of them anyway. Thank you, J.D. Snorstein. Snorstein. He's our our, uh, Gitmo Nation brown cheese listener, and he's the the guy who had the snowmobile. He's the guy who took the picture of No Agenda at the North Pole. Yeah, he just keeps on supporting us. Guy's awesome. He's a good, good guy. Very good guy. Snorter. Double nickels on the dime from him. Matthew Locks, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, fifty-five dollars. Just jo- donating to hear John pronounce my last name. Locks. I thought it would this be low. I thought it would be low. Promotion. Hear John C. Devark try to pronounce your weird <laughs> name. Hey, I thought it was low. Wouldn't it be L A U X? Wouldn't it be low? Could be. I think it was because he donated to the Big App Show, and I said low or logs or louch. But I think low would be. Well, we'll, be we'll low. find out. We'll I'm find just out. Just going to call him Locks. We'll find out. L-A-U-X. Locks. <laughs> Locks. Looks like Locks to me. Lives in <laughs> Milwaukee. Okay. Uh, trap four. Nice. Newcastle County, Limerick, Ireland. Get Nation Leprechaun. John and Adam, top of the morning to y'all. Listener here from Gitmo Nation Shamrock. Oh, sorry. Shamrock, the real right. eye in pigs. <laughs> and then he tells Italy to go screw itself. I've held out paying you guys for as long as I could because I'm skint. Yeah, that's a British uh, uh, expression. I'm skint. That means I, that's like I'm skin over bones. I got nothing but skint. Got no no cash. But now our country is going down the spout. I wanted to donate before the <laughs> IMF comes in and takes it all. I'm going to give this guy some karma. He deserves it. <laughs> You've got karma. It is true. There is a report uh, from Gitmo Nation uh, Shamrock that uh, uh, Ireland is now next to be bailed out. They're the next Greece. I have it in the show notes under the United States of Europe. So, yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're screwed. And you're right. The IMF will come in and take your shit. Sorry, man. But thanks for, thanks for supporting. Yeah, it happens. It's going to happen here eventually. Yeah, of course it will. <laughs> so that, I want to name off a bunch of $50 donors, uh, starting with Matt uh, uh, Skripik, Skripik from Chico, uh, who also has a birthday yeah, show. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do that in a second. Uh, $50.28. Uh, Robert Alter, Andrew Sawyer, uh, Robertson, Kansas City, uh, Sawyer, uh, Sawyer is in uh, Vancouver, Wall Raven, Nico, Singapore, Lisa Lang, Fitzroy, North Victoria, Australia, uh, George Scanlon, Carpentersville, Illinois, Jeff Lunt, Evanston, Illinois. Um, he also uh, wants a feelgoodtrader.com he's got out there in uh, the Chicago area. Feelgoodtrader is a Craigslist competitor, which is always a good thing. Nice. Raleigh Hawk, Anna, Illinois, um, Zachary Gold, 
Corona, California, and James Matthews, Dayton, and finally uh, Dale Marshall, Pinnacle, North Carolina, and Tom Lawler, Rumson, New Jersey. Oops, you still there? Yeah. Oh no! You, I, did I did you? Where did I leave off? Uh, Rumson, New. Oh yeah, Tom Lawler in Rumson, New Jersey. Yeah, fifty dollars. It's your birthday, birthday. I know what you Matt. Scripback says, hey guys, I'm emptying out my PayPal account for my girlfriend Shelby, who celebrated her 22nd birthday on October 31st. We love seeing the young'uns here uh, show up in our listening, producing audience. She's a new listener and would greatly appreciate a birthday shout-out, as well as some good karma for the road ahead. Absolutely. And good luck for your friends here at No Agenda. It's your birthday, yeah! Also, you might want to look, if people out there might want to look for a uh, uh, an Android app called the Roger Phillips Mushrooms, which is a mushroom field guide. I don't recommend people eating wild mushrooms if they don't know what they're doing. You always go with partners who are experts, mycologists. But uh, this guide is probably handy. So and he also, uh, we have a call out from James Matthews out of Dayton. I want to just do one. Uh, he wants to call it his brother Chris Marshall at his douchebag. Douchebag! All right, that's the end of that. So, Dvorak.org slash NA. We really do need some support. Uh, and please go listen to that NPR National Treasure report about the naked body scanners, how they are pushing you, the oh-so-objective NPR pushing you into the naked body scanner arena. Um, and uh, that's what, uh, you know, they get donations uh, call it advertising, whatever you want, and money from the government, and we exist solely on your support. On your support. Your totally. support. And channeldvorak.com slash NA, if you can't get to Dvorak.org, like if you work at NASA. Yeah, for uh, instance. And also, uh, noagendashow.com should have a page to, you can donate on if you can't get to Dvorak.org because you work at NASA. So Joe, one of our producers who does not work for NASA, says, uh, I'd like to share a no agenda story with you. I've just returned from a trip to Egypt. On the 14-hour flight from Sydney to Dubai, I had an economy seat on the Airbus 380 with an entertainment system that has a USB port. I noticed I could apparently play flash sticks containing videos and MP3s. Since the net coverage is even worse in Egypt than in Australia, I got behind on listening. I thought I would get the four no agenda episodes I missed by using the airport hotel Wi-Fi plonk them onto a USB stick and play them on the plane heading home. I'd wondered if there's any limitation, limitation on which media you could be allowed to play on the plane's entertainment system, such as porn, for example. I've suspected that any data you plug in must surely be cached by the airline for numerous reasons. I thought at least I could propagate the formula. I did indeed listen to four simultaneous episodes back-to-back on the flight and also consumed several complimentary red wines. You can imagine the mess I was in as I approached the Australian customs desk after landing at 7 in the morning. But what happened afterwards seems to astound me. Since I've returned home, we've had Airbus engines blow up midair, pilots refusing to fly planes without good reason, and airlines grounding Airbus 380s until further notice. I think your show has hit Airbus in the mouth. The show has uh, that is kind of weird though, isn't it? That you can like you can inject uh, anything into the USB port on a, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I think that the uh, the air the airline wars are back on again. Uh, several years ago, when we just started with this show, we were noticing how you'd have an Airbus screw up, then you'd have a Boeing screw up, and it's been it's been back and forth once again. It's been so first we had the Qantas Airbus major uh, engine issues. Of course, all of Singapore Airlines Airbus is grounded. Now the Boeings are having issues with the Dreamliner 787. 
Uh, I think uh, some crashes are due, don't you? Something bad is going to happen. <laughs> Something, it always does. And let me get, I got a couple of letters then. My wife and I were flying back from a cruise Sunday, this guy says, and I opted out of, of the backscatter machine. After the pat-down, my wife was waiting on me and watching it happen. Once done, she looked at me with a pouty face and I guess expressed this to the TSA. That's my job. <laughs> In the morning. He tried to shirk it off. So I Hi, that I'm a 37-year-old mother. I'm sorry, what? Uh, he responded, well, don't worry, pal. You, you've got soft hands, and maybe you should give my wife a pat down anyway. Hi, I'm a 37-year-old mother of three. I love no agenda. I finally feel vindicated on the leashing of my children. Thanks, John C. Dvorak. <laughs> <laughs> I love letters like that. That's much yeah, better. Well, she probably does feel vindicated. <laughs> On the leashing of Good my children. Oh, my goodness. Hey, speaking of leashing and Gitmo Nation jewelry, John, I told you we should have gotten into the business early. There, there, there's such a high demand for Gitmo Nation jewelry ankle bracelets that uh, in Pittsburgh... There's, nine, there's a waiting list of 925 obedient slaves who are supposed to get their ankle bracelets. They can't make these things fast enough. Last week, about 1,200 people were wearing the monitoring units, mostly used to enforce house arrest by those convicted in common police court of minor criminal offenses. Minor, mind you. The electronic monitoring waiting list started ballooning about a year ago. <laughs> yeah, when, they, when it became a business. It, yeah. wor- it worked overly With well. marketing people. It worked overly well, says the judge, Beth A. Lazara, one of two judges who, care- who hear cases about the program, called the Phoenix Docket. Mmm, I love that. A backlog of cases poured through about 4,000 since January. What we're getting now is a bubble, she said. <laughs> this is a great business. What a fan! We're so stupid. And we didn't get into that on time. Now, now we invested in the company. Yeah, and now we're way too late. That's too bad. Yeah. It's just, oh, man. It's amazing how we're being subjected to that. And, it's, and they're not allowing you to drink. And the meme of uh, demon drink is just propagating everywhere. I, I had a dinner. Uh, Mickey and I were invited to this dinner by a friend of hers who's like in the art world. It was pretty interesting. Um A uh, woman wife of a, um, I forget his name, huge entertainment lawyer. It was like suing William Morris. I didn't really get the story. And then uh, at the table, also a 10-year, I'm sorry, 20-year sergeant on the Los Angeles police force, a, uh, a woman. And she had short hair and was straight, she pointed out, but had no relationships. She was she, she straight. She said, hey, I'm straight. She, yeah, no, she said, you know. Uh, Who asked? No, I did. I said, so what, you know, you married? She said, no, I'm single. I know I have short hair, but I'm not a dyke. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, this is a 20-year sergeant. So a couple of interesting things. Um, f- first of all, do you know that the uh, Los Angeles Police Department has no training in medical marijuana licenses? That they do not know how to identify if one is real or not? So if, if Why? You, because they've had no training. They don't know. There's well, been, why? No, the question is not that. Is why haven't they had training? Well, I... That she doesn't know. She has no idea. She does not know. She said, but we, we've received no training. So you can show me that medical license and I'll just have to believe you. Huh. I thought, yeah, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, that's very weird. Yeah. Uh, but what was kind of more interesting is how, wow, how programmed she was. 
into all oh, of this. You can imagine. Yeah, and, it, well, and we have a lot of police that listen to this show that aren't programmed, so it's not hopeless. No, no, no. Well, she was pretty cool, though. You know, she she did kind of go with the program. And uh, she didn't start off with by, with nailing her with the flying saucer malarkey. No, no, I, that uh, came about twenty minutes later when I, <laughs> I laid that you out. Well go for it. Is it not I had to. I had to. Uh, anyway, it was really nice. Uh, uh, we we did go to the uh, uh, a Lakers game. I'd never been. I've never been to a professional ball game ever in my life. Any and, kind of game, including football, baseball, basketball. Uh, well, not professional. No. Oh, professional basketball live is great. I have to say, it was it, it's amazing because we had a suite, right? There was a hospitality suite, so we're up there. No, that's my, too bad. That's not as good as being down on the floor. Well, it was pretty damn good at, at the Staples Center. I mean, it, I have to say, it was pretty awesome, dude. And they've got that, that shit is tricked out, man. The minute there's a timeout, then boom, the Laker girls come out, and then you know, boom, oh, yeah. there's a profile on the Laker girl on the screen. It's like it's just like Aah. no, it's a, it's an entertainment show, and they start to I, you got to see the beginning where they in the Stable Center where they turn off the light. No, 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 we we came in like third quarter. Oh, which you apparently the beginning is, what you're is like worth the price of admission. No, I didn't. But the know thing that. about basketball for people who don't go to these types of games, every one of these types of games has a different experience at the professional level. But basketball, it's like you watch these guys, you go. How do these guys run up and down like they do with so much coordination? And it's just, it's like an astonishing thing to watch. Well, there were two great things. One is uh, it was free taco night. So that was pretty cool. So the Lakers (laughs) won. The Lakers won. Everyone got two free tacos. But as we were walking through, um, and I've never even been in the Staples Center. So, you know, it's and you just say, like, oh, my God, now I get it. Now I see why there's so much money going on here. I mean, it's just the merchandising and the, and the oh, yeah. food and everything. So we're walking around to go up the escalator. I swear to God, there's two guys drinking beer, standing near a screen, whatever. And it's like almost halftime. And so there's not a lot of people there. And two pretty hot-looking girls walk past them from behind. And they got, you know, Laker T-shirts on. And they're kind of hot-looking, right? I swear to God, John, the guy goes, and and I I literally I'm like oh my god I can't what a douchebag this is this is literally what it is in Los Angeles I'm like is that what I have to do is that how you get chicks here you got that's how you get them you got to bark at them you bark at them yeah I was like oh my god I gotta take it to a Raiders game oh my god (laughs) I was just like wow that's so outrageous all right um on episode number 145, Mr. Dvorak, which I could not pull since um, Amivio only cashes up to uh, 100 episodes on our RSS feed. Uh, I have it somewhere, but I didn't have time. I have it. You have 145? I mean, I have, I have it, I have it somewhere. Obviously, I have it. I have it. I just didn't have time to pull it before the show. Yeah, you would have it. Um, John C. Dvorak says, sell your gold. Adam Curry says, buy and hold on to it. It will go through 2,000. I would just like to point yeah, out. saying that forever. Yeah, I would just like to say, I'd just like to point out that we went through 1,400 this week. 1,400. Yeah, I, I mean, I was a gold bug back in the early 2000 period, but I, I, you I, dumped I, it. I think the you dumped thing it right all. now is just rank speculation that it's going to collapse. I don't think it's going to collapse in a big way, but I think it's going to go back below 1,000. And then we have this report from Reuters, the world's largest economy should consider gold as an indicator to help set foreign exchange rates, according to the head of the World Bank. Yeah, that's a good one. I so, love that one. So what is that about? I have no idea. Just to me, it was like, whoa, what the hell's going on with that? 
So he's basically saying we should go back to the gold standard. Well, he never said go back to the gold standard. He just wants to put it sh- it, gold it should in be as an intermediary. Up. See, I thought that whole Foundation X thing that uh, that, that cropped up in the uh, in the British House of Lords, where the guy said, "Well, you know, it looks like uh, these guys have so much gold they want to you know bail out the entire world economy." I thought that was an obvious attempt to try and blow up the gold price say oh well apparently there's all this gold somewhere so we might as well Oh, that's interesting yeah that's what i thought it was but it didn't really happen no it just went higher yeah so um uh anyway of course the in in all honesty the price of gold is not going up it's the dollar that's devaluing you know since we're diluting it it's it's almost like putting water in your milk you know with this uh and they say was it 600 billion dollars I'm pretty sure that at the end of the day, that doesn't that turn out to be like sixty trillion with fractional uh, d- banking d- d- and d- depends on who's doing the math. But the number is not something that would uh, you'd, you'd have a heart attack if you actually yeah understood it. it, it it's it's crazy. It's just nuts. So uh, I I think uh, I think the big what you've been predicting for a while the the big crash is still around the corner but it's on oh, its yeah. way it's on its I'm way i'm not veering from it there's no way that we cannot it's unavoidable i mean I, and if you start watching c-span and some of these analysis programs it's just like there's no we have no say like, well we need new jobs jobs job we don't have anything to, for the job there's no way in fact i have this one clip that's kind of interesting mm-hmm. which we'll, we can bring <laughs> yeah, i've decided to buy if you haven't noticed i'm over clipping your, have, your nails, your toenails. Ba- yeah, right. <laughs> Basically, whatever we have, you know, whatever subject we move toward, I've got, I've got a clip. I know. I, I have the same. I, I, you know, we, we could do uh, a CD of clips we didn't use every single week easily, yeah. and it would be full. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to put together kind of an evergreen file so we can always go to clips that are, you know, more generalized. But let's see what clip I'm talking about. It's the... Um, Oh, let's see. The problem is the. Hard to is this Kucinich making sense? We've no, had that no, for three weeks. Clip. That, but that was from last week. No, this is the protectionism rant. Ah, okay. And who is this? Who are we going to listen to this here? This is a woman. Uh, this woman wrote a book on uh, on on aid being a crock of crap, and it's a bunch of bull. And of course, she doesn't understand the economic hitman aspect of it. Obviously, her name is. She's a black woman from. Uh, I think she's from Africa, maybe Dambisa Moyo, and she's speaking at an event that was called Reboot America, and it was a bunch of people, mostly apologists for people who like to outsource, and it's a, it's a corporate apology session, and she butts in with this idea that maybe we should talk about protectionism a little bit. But how to deal with what, I'm, I would believe, what I believe are structural issues. I, mean, I think the United States is going to be facing structural unemployment, which is something that no one in this room has really experienced unless you come from uh, outside. She's from uh, India, Pakistan? One of Africa. Africa. I'm sorry. Africa, really? Hmm. Okay. Now, wh- I know that in the United States, people get, the, you know, because it's always you know, either left or right or Democrat or Republican or black or white, people don't want to have a discussion around protectionism. Which, by the way, not to sidetrack that, but I, I had to uh, explain to Miss Mickey that um, it, what you hear on the news, it is not true that this country is filled with Republicans and Democrats. And she said, well, you know, they got the House back or they got the Senate back. It's not quite like that. People have Republican ideas, Democratic ideas, but the media wants you to believe that you're either red or blue. 
And, yeah. it, and it's just not true. It, it's, it simplifies it's, things. Yeah. Oh, wow, it does. Um, however, given the fact that you do have a, a large number of jobs that are not coming back, which uh, Glenn Hutchins talked about yesterday, and also the fact that uh, if you look at, uh, at the, what globalization has done in terms of the Gini coefficient income inequalities in this country and also the um, income growth, as, as was talked about a moment ago, in this country, and not just in, in the United States, but also in Europe, there should be space to have a clear discussion around what the possibilities around um, of having some form of protectionism, at least until you can fix some of the structural problems are in this country. I know people don't like that discussion because they view, they, they point to Smoot-Hawley, they claim that because we're so uh, integrated now, it wouldn't be possible to have um, some kind of more aggressive protectionist policies. But the reality is that it has to be on the table, and not just from the fringe um, as a discussion, but it has to come back into the mainstream as something that needs to be discussed. Why don't we get, we get discussion started here, but it'll have to be brief given time. Bob, you want to respond? Yeah, Bob. With all due respect, I think that would be the worst possible way of, of looking at the problem and the worst possible answer to it. It's not an either-or question of whether we're protectionists right, or not Yeah, hold on a second. <clears throat> Is that me breaking up or you breaking yes, up? Yes, you breaking up. Are you sure? Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Man, man. Well, hold on. Let me let me see. I got to fix that then. Let me see what's going on. Well, you're saying fixing that. I'm going to mention what this this stooge comes on, who is uh, yeah, I fixed it. He's the Under Secretary of State. He works for Hillary, and he comes on. He says, "Well, protectionism is the worst possible answer to anything." And he goes on and on with a million reasons that are all bogus. He says we should be concentrating on jobs and you know not realizing that our jobs have been you know shipped overseas. And he just has the same old litany of crap. That you know, the, both the Democrats and the Republicans have signed on to ever since NAFTA, and and the woman is kind of right because yeah, there is an we we've, we've sold out so much to this idea of globalization that you know, like the Maytags are made in uh, Mexico, and if you take a you know a Ford, uh, it, the pieces of it come from all over the world. They, they don't even you know subassemble anymore. It, the whole we don't have any manufacturing in this country, and unless we and I think yeah we do yeah ho 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 yeah we do. We make good tanks. We, we make good we make tanks good and air, good jets and good, good, good fighter jets. stuff. Yeah, we make good war but stuff. But not everybody can work for Grumman. <laughs> no, we certainly can't. Grumman is now owned by the Europeans. I mean, so we don't even own them. This, it fits into an interesting statement made by uh, Haiku Hermann von Rumpoy. Uh, in case uh, those of you out there didn't know, he is the president of the United States of Europe. And he did uh, the... Um, of course, there's no video of it. It's amazing how they do that. He did the uh, U- the European address, and he uh, said nationalism, which is is a form of protectionism. I would have to, I would argue. He says, mm-hmm. "Na, yeah, no, I'm I'm thinking about it. I think you probably have some. There's some basis for that." Yeah, he says nationalism has no place in Europe. That is warmongering. War mo- yes, if you are a nationalist, so if you're in Gitmo Nation Lowlands or Stinky Cheese or Deutschland or Leprechaun. Oh, wait a minute, that means he does understand the problem. Oh, yeah. And here's uh, Daniel Hannan, who's a minister of European, me- I'm sorry, member of European Parliament for South e- Southeast England, uh, bitching about the guy. So we have kind of a new, uh, a new Nigel Farage here, except that this guy is from... Uh, not from the uh, UK Independent Party, I don't think. Check him out. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, Mr. President, yesterday, uh, the President of the European Council, Herman van Rompuy, made an extraordinary speech in which he said that it was impossible to be outside the European Union in a globalised world. 
course, you know, hence the lengthy dole queues snaking across Norway, the food riots in Switzerland. But he went on to say something else. He said the dangerous thing about Euroscepticism today is that modern patriotism is based on a denigration of other countries. And here he couldn't be more wrong. A true patriot cheers the freedom of all peoples, values the patriotism of other countries. And when Mr. Van Rompuy goes on to make his second point, which is that therefore Euroscepticism equals nationalism equals war, he'd perhaps be well advised to look at the uh, aims of the Allied powers in the two wars which we, uh, whose end we commemorate today. They were fighting for the freedom of all nations, for the restoration of sovereignty uh, of all European countries. It was thanks to their patriotism that Europe was not united in tyranny, that sovereignty and independence was restored, and indeed that the European Union became possible. Today of all days, he ought to remember that. So, um, Euroscepticism is the new term? Yeah, so uh, I, have, uh, I have his speech here. Gosh, even the English is so bad. We have to fight together. No, we have, we have together to fight. God, this, I mean, douche. I'm reading verbatim. We have, to get, we have together to fight the danger of a new Euroscepticism, he said in his speech. This is no longer the monopoly of a few countries. In every member state, there are people who believe their country can survive alone in the globalized world. It's more than an illusion. It is a lie! <laughs> well, how did they do it before? It's amazing, isn't it? How did people get by before? What, they all, were they starving to death in Slovenia? I don't think so. He quoted Franklin Roosevelt. Oh. The biggest enemy of Europe today is fear. And that this ultimately could lead to war. Fear leads... This, has got nothing to, this is a misquote. I mean, it's got nothing to do with what he's talking about. I'm just telling you what he says. Fear leads to egoism. Egoism leads to nationalism. And nationalism leads to war. How does fear lead to egoism? It's Ministry of Truth, dude. Oh, man. Dude? Dude? <laughs> dude? But, of course, we don't see any of this. This is not even on C-SPAN. And this is the president of Europe speaking, and there's not video of it. I can't find a single video. I have a, a transcript of his speech. This is, this, is going, this is going poorly. It's very, very bad. Very, yes, poorly. To those, that say, to those who say that war is so far away in our past that peace cannot be a key issue in Europe anymore, that it does not appeal to the younger generations, I answer, just go out there and ask the people there and ask the young ones too. This guy sounds like Hitler. Ask him what? I don't know. Like if they want some, some ketchup with their fries. Well, you're yeah. going to go out and say, would you like war or would you like peace? Would you like war or would you like high-speed rail? <laughs> what are they? What kind You're of a choice is that? This guy is amazing. It's it's really what's going on there in Europe is just outrageous, and uh, and people have no idea. The Americans don't. No, of course not. We're going to get caught up in another. Of course not. There's going to be another. In this case, of course, it'll be a civil war. There's going to be another battle that takes place, and it's going to be short of a of a. Uh, that would not be good if they actually nuked each other. But let's assume they won't because they're not that dumb. Uh, but there's going to be some sort of a conflagration that we're going to have to get involved in again. Oh, yeah. Well, th- this is the setup. It's ha- it because happened in the World War One, World War Two. It's going to happen with World War Three. It's so easy. Um, I want to thank uh, Erwin from uh, Groningen in the Netherlands, uh, who, by the way, asked me to plug. He, he donated today. So, uh, realdealhd.com. 
He says, hey, now I was listening to your last episode where you mentioned uh, Haiti again. I got a funny insight for you. As I work as an art director, one of my ex-colleagues has been asked to shoot for a charity in Haiti for the, I'm sorry, shoot for charity, i.e. for free, in Haiti for the tourist board to create a library of images of Haiti uh, and specifically... (laughs) they asked him to photograph happy families on the beach (laughs) (laughs) that's your assignment pal how awesome is that the tourist board hey could you um get some happy uh families on the beach for us we get a trip over there if we got if you get a hold of the tourist board and you're a writer and he's gonna do some writing you get a lot of free travel (laughs) i just thought that was funny um Okay, I have two, I really have three things. I think we should do some biodiversité. Well, I would like to do a real news first. Oh, well, hold on a second. I think we need to take a break. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. And now, back to real news. Do I go straight into it? Let's go to Access Hollywood's rap. I like I'm not sure what's happening inside of him, but... We spoke to carry on after. Is the feud finished? What America should know is only we got the shot. I'm Tony Potts, but did this Max and carry on hug after the show really settle the score? Actually, when he hugged me, I go... I think there's always what-ifs. Marie Osmond's first words on her son's suicide. I'm Billy Bush, their final conversation just before his decision to take his life. And the hardest thing... <laughs> Sorry. I get my stitches out tomorrow. I can't wait. The surgery, the recovery, all access to Lisa's lip reduction. Oh, extraordinarily ordinary you are. And lips flying all over Glee last night. We've got the action and the reaction. And now you've been kissed. Grandma, dad, mom, brother. She is a good girl. The family that keeps her sane. Our spotlight on Miley goes way back. A Glee episode for the ages. Whoa, didn't see that coming. <clears throat> okay. What? So uh, I don't know any <clears throat> of these people. Bullshit. Sorry. What? It's gotten to the point where they talk about people I've never heard of any of them. Yeah. Yeah. And cool. it's like they're promoting something. So they've been promoting this Glee thing. I didn't even know this until I saw it on this show, which is Access Hollywood. So Glee, but they got a they got a meme in on this one. This is a they show this over and over on all these shows. Apparently, some the guy who's the most gay on Glee, which is kind of hard to pick, <laughs> but the guy who's openly gay on Glee. Uh, who talks, he's got a very high-pitched voice, and he acts really, yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous yeah, yeah, and stereotyped. Yeah. And he's always getting beat up by this big bruiser. Yeah. And and of course, it's, gives, it's, it's, the, it's the gay bullying meme. Yeah, it's the gay bully. And so the, guy, the bruiser gives him a kiss, which we, we have the clip here. It's called the, uh, G- the Gless, who says Gless, but it says it should be Gleek clip from the clip show. Uh, the, the, you can hear the whole thing, the whole little episode, how it works. And then at the very end, they go to the public and they ask the public what they think of this. And they all say, oh, I was so stunned by the storyline. And I guess it just proves that all bullies are gay. Or I mean, it's essentially was the message. And I think, oh, that's a good one to try. <laughs> all bullies are gay. All right. Here, here we go. It. it was yet another eyebrow-raising episode of Glee, this time featuring the painful-to-watch gay bashing of Kurt, the school's only out-of-the-closet student. When he fights back, he learns the school bully has a secret of his own. Well, guess what, Hamhawk? You're not my type. Do not push me, Hummel. You are nothing but a scared little boy who can't handle how extraordinarily ordinary you are. 
I didn't see it coming, but I thought it was kind of a, um, I thought it was good. And I thought it, it kind of explained a lot of bullying. Um, I'm glad Kurt found the courage to stand up for what he believed in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All bullies are gay. <laughs> anyway, that should, uh, that'll end bullying overnight. Yeah. Who watches that show? Oh, uh, it's huge, man. It's huge. And it's uh and it, and it, people get really emotional over it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's my real news segment. Forget it. Every Thursday I'll do one of these and I'm telling you it's 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 just it's, it makes you wonder why no wonder the country's going down the toilet. <laughs> Speaking of going down the toilet, uh from the Codex Alimentarius files and this is literally from the Codex uh, there is a document now <coughs> released uh, at the, uh, under the Codex website, uh, codexalimentarius.net, codex that lists the foods now approved for the use of aspartame. Uh, aspartame. I hope it's a blank page. Oh, no. This thing is so huge, so huge that uh, you have to go look at it because we, 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 I just, I'll pull out a couple of them. Now, I'd like to say aspartame... Uh, actually, in in the beginning, when they were doing, because it was rejected several times until uh, Donald Rumsfeld came into the uh, administration, and he then uh, had it pushed through. Uh, if you want the story of aspartame, that you can just go and Google it. And of course, this stuff is uh, toxic; it's addictive, and uh, it's killing people. And uh, we talked about uh, people trying to get gum that doesn't have aspartame in it. It's very, very hard, except for the uh, the fruit stripes. It also is a nerve uh, toxin, and it, a lot of people believe it has. It, it's partly responsible for the amazing increase in Parkinson's disease in this country. All kinds of shit. All kinds of stuff is is happening because of this uh, this lethal chemical. But primarily, it's killing people, which is, of course, kind of the whole idea. And uh, so when it, when it was first rejected a couple times. It, it, they said, well, you know, we can never, it can never be heated up. It can never be heated because then um, it, uh, it breaks, breaks down. down. Some really nasty components. Really, so, of course, putting equal in your coffee is kind of heating it up. And so, you know, in 93, uh, basically, uh, it was approved for baking against their own guidelines. So anyway, so now, and the list is, is astounding. It has been approved for... Whew, just a couple of the following. And this is the Codex Alimentarius. This is a worldwide approval. Beverage whiteners, cream analogs, milk and cream powder analogs, unripened cheese, cheese analogs, dairy-based desserts, edible ices, frozen fruit, dried fruit, fruit and vinegar oil, canned or bottled fruit, jams, jellies, marmalades. Fruit. Hey, hold on a second. Isn't fruit got sugar in it naturally? Fruit sugar? I'm just saying. I, I, I'm just reading. Why it. would you add this crap to to nice to some kill nice people, food? John? Oh, okay. Fruit-based desserts, fermented fruit products, fruit fillings, cooked fruit, fr- frozen vegetables, dried vegetables, vegetables, aloe vera, canned or bottled pasteurized uh, pouch vegetables, uh, vegetables including mushrooms, fungi, roots, tubers, pulses, legumes, and aloe vera. Vegetables including blah blah. Uh, fermented vegetables, cooked or fried vegetables, cocoa mixes, cocoa-based spreads, cocoa and chocolate products, imitation chocolate, hard candy, soft candy, nougats, uh, nougats and marzipans, chewing gum, decorations, breakfast cereals, cereal and starch, bread, ordinary bakery wares, fine bakery wares, processed fish, fish products, semi-preserved fish, fish products, fully preserved, canned, egg-based desserts, other sugars and syrups, tabletop sweeteners, vinegars, mustards, soups and broth, sauces and like products, dietic 
Di- vinegars? Vinegars, yes. Why do you, would you put this in vinegar for? To kill people, John. Uh, fruit mm-hmm. nectar, vegetable nectar, concentrates from fruit nectar, coffee, coffee substitutes, tea, herbal infusions, other hot cereal and grain beverages, ready-to-eat savories. Ah, shall I continue? Dairy-based drink, dairy-based no, desserts. You can stop. I mean, the list is unbelievable. I thought this thing was supposed to this Codex Alimentarius, which I believe comes out of Europe. Um, I thought this was to protect people. This this thing, so we wouldn't kill ourselves, like you know, lower the salt and all these things are that are apparently meaningless, no. according to most research. No, it's uh, it's pretty much meant to kill us. Huh? Amazing, isn't it? it? That's unbelievable. Why would you put that, that shit in anything? Well, people don't realize it. And actually, I'm so proud of uh, Christina. Uh, she has stopped. She's given up. She says, wow, I feel so much better. She, she, was, she had like a six chewing gum pack a day habit. She was just... Mon- just and she, she was completely hooked. And it was, it was bumming her out, too. <laughs> Seriously, and she wasn't feeling good from it, and she stopped. She says it's amazing, and boy, and she, I mean, she was actually acting like an addict. She was saying, "Shut up, Dad." You know, yeah, I know it's going to kill me, but I like it. I like it. You have a dollar. You got some money I can borrow. Well, th- th- that's I think that's part of it. Where I said, uh, "No more money for you." <laughs> she said, "Well, wait a minute. I'm spending you know, like five bucks a day, like 150 bucks a month on aspartame." Wow. Yeah, does way too much gum. Oh shit! I got it. this. Is important here. Nah, uh, holy. Oh, okay. Never mind. Miss All M- right. Miss so uh, something. Okay. I have a, a, an ad and a, I have a quiz for you. Oh, good. We love quizzes. Is it? Some, okay, is there a I prize? Can, can I win some aspartame chewing gum? Yeah, I get, you get a stick of gum. Okay. So here's the, here, I want you to tell them this is a network TV advertisement. I want you to tell me where it ran and, and what it's for. And I'm going to you know, only describe what you see. What you're looking at when you watch this thing is a is a horse. I think it was the number seven horse. <laughs> a horse running like a bat out of hell throughout the ad. And, and do I have to stop this ad before it pays no, no, off? Just or? play the whole ad. It's called the I, it's weirdest ad ever. Is weirdest what it's ad ever. Okay. A street ahead at seven furlongs. At six. Street Boss. Born in the USA. Born to run. That's why he's called The Boss. Multiple record set. At five and a half. At six. Multiple grade one winner. At six. At seven. Holly track. Cushion track. Pro run. Whatever you call it, he's future proof. And he just happens to be the fastest son of the sire of the moment. He's one fleet street. Street boss. The possibilities are endless. His first winglings are selling now. <laughs> His first weanlings are selling now. Uh, is it for a video game? No, it's a Breeders' Cup. They ran this ad on the Breeders' Cup, which was a big deal because there was a, uh, you know, there just one horse has never been beaten. They were going to, they, they promoted the heck out of the Breeders' Cup. And so the horse came in second, the one that never lost before. Right, right. But there's this ad they ran of this horse running like a bat out of hell called The Boss. And he's like, 
and they're selling his weanlings, his, which can't be more than one or two horses. I mean, I think, and it's or maybe he's you know screwed a million mayors. I don't know, but whatever the case is, this is one of those situations where you sell. I mean, the horses, the little weanlings, probably cost like a quarter, a million, half million dollars. Who knows? Right. And it's like it's one of those things where people always say, "Well, I'm only going to sell." What are you doing? What's your What's your business? I'm selling uh, uh, winglings. I'm selling a poem. What are you selling it for? A million dollars. Well, you're never going to sell. He said, "I only have to sell one." Yeah. No kidding. Wow. All Sorry. Right. Hey, um, so biodiversité is, of course, the meme of the moment, the meme du jour. D- did you happen to catch uh, Harrison Ford on uh, Letterman? You know, I couldn't. I, I did part of it, but then I, I couldn't stand it because Harrison Ford. Did he talk about biodiversité? Like he's like 90 years old. Yeah, he's a And dick. he doesn't seem to be in the room. But I don't think he talked about biodiversité at all. No, he didn't. No, and that's because he doesn't really care. He doesn't really care. If he really, I'm sure he does it. If he really cared, if it wasn't just there to promote his movie, which is the whole reason he showed up on the scene all of a sudden with his with his chest hair being ripped out, then he would have actually said, "Hey, biodiversity. You know, we got to do something. It's really important." Yeah, but he, he doesn't. He's not with the program. He, he's, he's not. not like it's all about prom- <laughs> He's no Clooney. Okay. He's no Clooney. He's no Clooney. Now, however, we have a couple of uh, very obedient. Uh, Gitmo Nation slaves who have uh, who are in school and listen to this program. I'm very very happy. By the way, they do this. Uh, P. N. Floyd, 1978, are sending me now scans of their textbooks. So this is what's being taught in school in Gitmo Nation. Oh, this is an endless source of entertainment. Yes, actually, the, this first one is even better. It's the benefits of genetic engineering, which is right wow. there in the textbook. Whatever the risks. I'm, I'm, I'm quoting from a scan. Uh, no one can argue with the success of these GM techniques. For instance, a bacterial gene was used to create Monsanto's insect-resistant varieties of corn, potatoes, and soybeans. This gene, the BT gene, was taken from the soil bacterium Bacillus thernogenis. When inserted into a plant genome, the BT gene directs the production of a protein in the plant and makes the plant toxic to insects. This is great. Now, yeah, and now, I wonder if it makes it toxic to anything else. Well, and here it comes. BT-modified crops, which are now grown in the United States over an area larger than Rhode Island, are a boon to both the economy and the environment. Because chemical insecticides are not necessary, many benign insects are spared, and insect biodiversité is preserved. Ah. So Monsanto is actually good for biodiversité. I was one. You know, we talked about this on the last show because Monsanto kept coming up in the conversation Uh on biodiversité. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, how does that work? They're a, they're a uniculture company. Mm-hmm. You know, they sell seeds that are very, you know, uh, monoculture, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how does that work? But now I get it. It's, it's for the bugs. Yes, it is. They're doing a really good job. Now, I'd, and, and I'm going to actually, I have to put these pictures, these screenshots into the show notes. This is so amazing. Let me just open it up here. These are PDFs. I'm sorry, JPEGs. A biodiversity. This yeah, is the student out there that listens to the show. We do have a lot of younger. Yes, we do. Yeah, that runs into some crazy thing in one of their textbooks. Clip it out. Put a reference to what the book is on the on the uh, on the file, so we know what the book is and the date of the book. You know, whatever information you want to throw in there, so it makes it you know clear that we can if we wanted to get a copy right. and send us the scans. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there that needs to be because I don't think parents know what their kids are being taught. So this is a uh, producer Reginald. 
Uh, this is these. Uh, he has the 2010 version of the Geosystems Global Environment Science Book, John. Of course. Science! science! So this is the science they're teaching our children uh, on this page. What's the big deal? What difference will it make if the planet's a few de- degrees warmer than it is today? And, of course, this is consequences of greenhouse warming, temperature effects on agriculture, precipitation and soil moisture effects on agriculture. Let's summarize the data. This is what's being taught in schools. Human activities release greenhouse gases. The concentration of these gases in the atmosphere has risen since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. Greenhouse gases absorb infrared radiation and trap heat. The atmosphere has warmed by almost 0.8 degrees Celsius during the last 50 years. Of the 20 hottest years on record, 19 have occurred after 1980, and 2005 was the hottest year in more than a century. It's being taught in schools this way. Check. Acidification of the oceans. Changes in biodiversity. Wait, let me just go to the next page. Increasingly destructive storms threaten homes along the California coastline. Expensive reinforcement measures often offer only short-term protection from the wave's erosion. We're all going to die. Oh, this is beautiful. Biodiversity. This this shows you how futile... I want to mention this to everybody. You want to keep the show going? Give us a, some 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 help real money. Some help. slash na. But realize that this is a exercise in futility. What we're doing? Yeah. I don't bum me out, dude. I'm just saying. So this is when they, uh, when, they when they got the kids. They got the kids there. I mean, it's the kids that argue with you. You bring this up in some. Oh no, we, you know it's going to do this and that. It's right from their textbooks. Right. Shut up, old man. Themselves. They yeah. never are taught to think for themselves here and yeah, they yeah. bring it up. They get shouted down. I mean, I, we've gotten letter after letter from students who bring up some of the issues we bring up simple little questions. You ask, you get shouted down by the teacher. I, I just got to read this to you. I, I, I actually am emotional right now when I see what they're being taught. Um, so this is from the 2010 version of geosystems, global environmental sciences. It's a book that is being taught in school and page 417. And it's a beautiful Multicolor layout page. Consequences of global warming. Agriculture. Shifts in food growing areas. Changes in crop yields. Increased irrigation demands. Increased pests, crop diseases, and weeds in warmer areas. Item number two. Biodiversité. Extinction of plant and animal species. Loss of habitats. Disruption of aquatic life. Weather extremes. Prolonged heat waves and droughts. Increased flooding. More intense hurricanes, typhoons, tornadoes, and violent storms. Oh, my God. Human health. Increased deaths from heat and disease. Disruption of food and water supplies. Spread of tropical disease to to temperate areas. Increased respiratory disease. Increased water pollution from coastal flooding. You're going to die. That's what they're telling your kids. That's what we're teaching your kids right now. I'm going to put all of these scans. Uh, Thank you so much, uh, Reginald. And thank you for being a good doobie. <laughs> you remember that? Good doobies? No, I never heard that. No, that was on the um, Romper Room. Oh. Yeah, Romper Room. If you did something good, you were a good doobie. A good doobie? Which I always thought was great because, of course, it, you know. It, <laughs> yeah, it refers to a joint. Yeah, but you were a good doobie. You don't remember that? Uh, I guess you I never watched Romper Room. Romper Room, yeah. Let's say, let's, let's sing a song for Adam because he's a good doobie this week. <laughs> No wonder you got strung out. Uh-huh. So uh, that's your... Uh, we need a jingle for biodiversity, but uh, while we're at, we might as well just... Uh... The science is in! Science!
So they got a pre-crime thing going on. Play this clip. Coming at you right now. You hear it often, a victim of random violence. But is it really that random? Not if you add up the numbers. At least that's the basis of a new formula for crime fighting. It's called predictive policing, a way to, for cops to stop crime before it starts. NBC Barry's Vicki Wynn does the math for us. It could revolutionize crime fighting, but predictive policing has plenty of skeptics. How can you predict where a criminal will strike next? We humans are random. Or are we? Promising new research suggests that when you have enough data, you can predict certain crimes, how likely they are to happen, where and when. <laughs> so uh, yeah. this is basically uh, the the precursor to what's going to eventually happen. We know what that is, Yeah, uh, which is just arresting people because they think they're going to do something. Yeah, we, since we don't have habeas corpus anymore, you don't even need to have a crime involved. Oh, you don't, but you don't even need to, so we don't have a Fourth Amendment. Right. We have so uh, we just do implied consent. Yeah. So screw right you, now, slave. Well, all this really is, there's apparently some professor who's come up with some formulas that do nothing more than analyze. They're basically a statistical analysis of tr- crime areas. And so, in other words, you got some place that's got 80% of crime rate, put a couple extra cops on the beat. That's all this is. You know, it's essentially somebody looking at the stats and deciding that, well, this house gets robbed once every three months. Maybe we should do something about it. Uh, Hmm. I'm telling you, that's how the story evolved. I mean, it was a five-minute package, but that was essentially the gist of it. But but this idea, coming up with this terminology, predictive policing. Yeah, it's great. uh, It's just the beginning of the end for that. And then, you know, eventually, like you said, there will be uh, these scanning machines everywhere. And not to mention the guys in the trucks. There's a, I'm going to do an end-of-show clip, which was uh, kind of funny. It's uh, two guys in uh, Australia. They're, I guess they're like, kind of like a duo, kind of like a John C. DeVorg, Adam Curry, only mainstream. And they're called Hamish and Andy, and they interviewed Hillary Clinton. And it was actually quite funny. Uh, but even funnier is at the end when the... Um, uh, when because they just show a clip of this uh, from a newscast when the newscasters come back and say, you know, Hillary is actually a warm and loving person. <laughs> it's just really, really funny. So uh, that'll be uh, the end of show clip. And uh, I think we had, let me see, did you have, uh, you kind of bum me out. I have this whole thing, which is a, a neo, we haven't talked about the demon drink. Yeah, let's talk about that. I do have some law and order clips that I can push off till Sunday. Okay. Uh, which are just meme filled. It turns out that the SVU show seems to be the one filled with the most memes nowadays. They're not uh, not necessarily uh, moving it to the LA show. So, uh, but we can do that on Sunday. And they're actually very funny. Uh, they've gone after the uh, you know the uh, right wing fringe. Well, there's a new report out uh, which really hits. Which it, it, it's 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 just called the meme report. That would have been better. And uh, <laughs> I, I, we'll have to interrupt it. But just just listen to this report. And of course, you know, and uh, human resources who listen to this program know that if you want something in the news, if you want to get the word out, all you have to do is release a survey. Because no one ever checks. No one goes and looks at the survey. It can be a bogus survey. They're usually paid for by special interest groups and by uh, industry groups that are trying to push something. And this has everything in it. 
Uh, one thing I'm certain of, it is not paid for by the telecoms. AM House Call, stories about your health. And if your child is texting too much, you might want to keep a closer eye on what else they're doing. A new study says hyper-texting teens are much more likely to binge drink, do drugs, fight, and probably have already had sex and may have had four or more partners. Okay, so that's pretty much every what? kid in the world. <laughs> what? <laughs> every a- kid texts too much. Hyper-texting. So if you're a hyper-texter. So hyper-texting kid. Uh-huh. Wait a minute! If you if you're on texting constantly, how do you have time for all this other stuff? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's find out what hypertexting is uh, from this new study. Remember, you, everyone's like, oh, it's a new study. It's a new study. There are also other risks for young people who use social networking incessantly. Mm-hmm. Joining me now is Dr. Scott Frank. He's the lead researcher on the study from Case Western Reserve University School of Medicine. Doctor, so this is from Case Western University School of Medicine. So I guess they got a big grant from somebody, oh, yeah. a big grant. And uh, let's uh, find out about this hypertexting, John. This is uh, amazing. Frank, great to see you this morning. You've identified these, these two at-risk groups. Who are hypertexters and hypernetworkers? Okay, John. Hypertexters? <laughs> I can't keep a straight face when listening to this. Hypertexters and hypernetworkers. This has got to stop. This is an outrage. Uh, hypertexting is defined as 120 or more texts on a school day, and hypernetworking is uh, three or more hours spent on a social uh, network's uh, website uh, on a school day. So, okay. So first we had ODD, and now we have your hypertexting. It's a disease now. You watch. It's, it's a disease. 120 text messages. You know, I, I think it's probably the norm. I think there was a study, another study, uh, but there was somebody did an, an analysis of, of kids that text a lot. And there was like three, it was like 30,000 a month was pretty typical for a lot yeah. of them. Not, I mean, not but, all but, of but them. a lot of these, it's, you know, this, what's the difference between, what's the difference between sending a tweet or a Facebook message, a status message? Yeah, it's, it's easy to do a hundred a day. But, and, and three hours a day on the Facebook is like a nothing. lot of people. Yeah, it's nothing. Well, they leave it on. Yeah, of course you do. And so when something happens, you're kind of monitoring constantly. I think both my wife and daughter are oh, yeah. on oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Facebook three hours a day. And, and, and let me just say something. Wasting time, I might add. Uh, although I, of course, disagree with this study, and we'll have to listen to a little bit more because, you know, these people are clearly doomed. They're going to die. Uh, I will say that uh, there, I do believe, and I just observed this behavior with my daughter, I do believe that there is a, a correlation between... Uh, receiving a new text or a tweet or a Facebook message or something. Where, you know, that's why people check these phones all the time. It gives you like, oh, I've got something. It used to be the same with us with email. Remember that, John? You'd be like, oh, I got a new email. That's cool. I got an email. And this is so new. I, th- I think mail. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I think it is actually uh, firing, triggering something in your brain that probably gives you some endorphins or something. So um, maybe when you're not texting or tweeting. Yeah, and, or, it would, and it always ends up evolving into, oh, my God, I got, look at this, I'm backed yeah, up. Right. We, we know what the eventual outcome is because it will drive you to drink because you can't clean out your inbox. But let's listen exactly. to the hypertexting issue. So these are young people who really are, are almost obsessed with using SMS messages and, and social networking. 
They're spending uh, really an excessive amount of time online and uh, uh, and connected with friends through social media. And uh, uh, in doing so, they've um, uh, perhaps taken uh, peer pressure to a uh, cyber peer pressure level, uh, a high-tech uh, peer pressure that may be part of what's contributing to the um, uh, statistics that you were describing. Uh -huh. All right, well, let's, let's talk about that and whether there's a cause and effect here in just a second. But let's put up some of those statistics that you talk about, and these are just stunning. Oh, these are just stunning. For texters, the kids who mm -hmm. send more than 120 text messages a day during school are, according to your study, 40% more likely to have smoked, two times more likely to have tried alcohol, 43% more likely to be binge drinkers, 41% more likely to try illicit drugs, and three times more likely to have had sex. Well, that's the whole point of texting, is to get laid. Which, why don't they understand? That's so simple. You know, it's like, and this is a coincident index anyway. I mean, it's bull crap that you would connect the two. I mean, what what is the causal relationship? What makes you, any of these things happen? Because What, what makes you smoke because you're texting? What makes you drink because you're texting? I don't get it. They're not providing me with any information. They're just saying people do this, 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 and this, coincidentally, all at the same time, or all from the same, or all the same person does the same thing. I mean, this is not giving me, this is not what I'm looking for in a, in a survey. Let's listen to some more. Those findings are just stunning. Uh, they are uh, a wake-up call, I think, to uh, uh, to parents and uh, perhaps to teens themselves. So, what is, what is there a cause and effect here? Is it is it the texting that leads to these behaviors, or is it just somebody who may be prone to at-risk behaviors tends to, to to find fascination in texting and social networking? Well, clearly, our study uh, does not um, uh, demonstrate cause and effect. Uh, we are not oh. saying that uh, <laughs> texting causes these behaviors. Um, uh, our study uh, really uh, is Doesn't the first to exactly. I, I'm, gl I'm glad a, you picked a, up is on a it. Phony. Now let's let's go over a couple of things. One, they should say, does somebody who texts 120 times a day uh, do more? Uh, they drink more, or somebody does two uh, two at 40 a day? Do they drink more than 120? Does a 60 person a day? Does a 30 person Person today. I mean, there's no information here whatsoever. This is just a bogus study. They found a coincidence because most kids text a lot, and probably all the kids have tried, you know, pot or they've they've had a drink or whatever. Especially, what age group are we talking about specifically? This is the kind of thing that should not even be on the air. And the fact that a news show, which I'm assuming this CNN, is, yeah, CNN, of course, CNN. And it's, it's a six minute interview. It's a six minute package. It's ridiculous that this sort of thing is is being thrown out there. They, somebody should come on and say, this is bull crap. Let's talk about some, some news that's actually happening. So who is There's the no news here? Who is the Kaiser Family Foundation? Because they're the ones that funded the study. Well, that's Kaiser, they're the, you know, Kaiser Permanente. There's, I'm sure it's the same operation. They're the, the uh, people that have all these hospitals and they have all these programs for people who drink too much and probably have other programs for people who smoke too much and everything in between or get hooked on heroin. I would assume there's a connection there between the uh, Permanente hospitals and this b bogus study. Okay. There well, thank you very much. It's the Kaiser Family Foundation, KFF.org. They're the ones that funded it, and so that's how it works. Of course, they've got all kinds of uh, program. Oh, I'm looking at their page right now, KFF.org. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, these, they do it all. They, re they will save you.
They've got all yeah. the programs. So basically, it's just another reason to get your kid into a program. Yeah, this is a marketing scam, and CNN bought into it, hook, line, and sinker. Ah, it's fantastic. I, I really love how that works. But once again, we've uh, assassinated the media for you and still could do, I don't know, Another two hours if we wanted to today, if we if we had the time. I got all the clips. Yeah, <laughs> really. Whew. Okay, so we'll, right, do, we'll do we'll do the uh, Hillary Clinton uh, end of uh, end of show clip, which is kind of funny. It's about uh, four minutes, but uh, again, it's not so much her being uh, funny. It's what the news anchors say after that about how great she is. She's so awesome. She's so personal and warm. And uh, yeah, she and, uh, and uh, looks it, doesn't she? And Australia wants to adopt her. That's what. Uh, that's what the. Yeah, we got to talk about is. a lot of stuff going on in Australia. We'll talk about on Sunday. Yes, there is. Okay, John, thank you so much. Uh, um, and Dvorak.org/na is uh, where you can uh, help support this program. We really do need it. We need to pay some bills. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West, the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in the People's Republic of Contrail, USA. I'm Adam Curry. And uh, no contrails today that I can tell. At least I haven't looked up. Maybe there is. Oh, there's one. I'm in northern Silicon Valley. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday for early morning service right here on No Agenda. Biodiversity, yay! Madam Secretary, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you yeah. for having me. It's very exciting, and we, we start with a gift. Oh. It's potato chips, oh. or crisps, I think. It's a flavour that the people of Australia invented. It's the gravy chip. Mm. I, I am thrilled. Thank you. I cannot tell you how much this Secretary. means to me. Are you a collector of chips? Is this your first? I'm an eater of chips. Yeah. We recommend not. No, not those. <laughs> it was used by two years ago. If you try to eat them, technically that's an assassination attempt by us. <laughs> Should I wait till I'm out of Australian airspace? Yeah. <laughs> With a lot of foreign travel in your job, yes. you must get very good at accepting gifts and, do, um, yes. and making believe that you love them. Right. Just, just like them. I mean, usually it is a very happy expression yes. on one's face. Now, sometimes the gifts are really hard to do that with. Have you ever left one behind? Because it's possible. No, no, we take them all. Right. We take them cool. all. We do thank you notes. Mm -hmm. You will get a thank you note. It's not necessary. <laughs> Consider us thank you. Your role requires great negotiation skills. Your husband also possesses those qualities. When you two can't agree on what to get for takeaway dinner, who wins out in that type of negotiation? You know... We practice different models of negotiation around important issues like that. Yeah. If I were to say to him, what shall we have for dinner tonight? If he says to me, oh, I don't care, you choose, I know that's a really bad answer. <laughs> because then I'm stuck with the responsibility. Yes, so I will come back and I'll say, all right, well, so how do you feel about Chinese oh, or good. Mexican or Italian? And if he says a second time, you know, I, I really, really don't care then I will go choose. You want to make sure people don't overhear half of the conversation because you've got former president talking to the current secretary of state. Right. How do you feel about Chinese? Right. Mexican? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really like uh, Chinese. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's catastrophic. Right. Well, we, that's why we have our, 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 our rooms swept every day. <laughs> I mean, in your role now as secretary of state, you, you, know, you, you have such high-level meetings. Have you ever said the phrase, you've just made a very powerful enemy? <laughs> no, but I've thought it. Yeah. <laughs> You're traveling around doing these conversations with, uh, you know, with predominantly young people. 
Is the impetus for these trips that, you know, that you feel that there's an imbalance perhaps between the way America's perceived and what America's message is? You know, if you look at American TV, as much of the rest of the world does, you would think we all went around wrestling uh, and wearing bikinis. Mm. I mean, that's what you would think. Just we spend our entire day <laughs> so instead of viewing us as a caricature. I think it's important to be present, to answer questions, and to try to make some connections. I especially appreciate the chance to talk to the two of you because uh, I, I think that it is through uh, popular culture that people can feel like they are connected and the, the fact that you would come out and interview me in addition to all of the other funny people you interview, um, you know, I really appreciate Well, we apologize for getting our security team to go through all those checks with you. Yeah, it was really embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, the questions that your people asked were really intrusive. Your staff, you're fine. <laughs> that is the last straw. And uh, to hear the whole interview, head to hamishandandy.com. Now, George, I need to ask you, I, I just think she's such a class act. A hardened journalist in awe. Um, mm. What are the chances of her ever becoming US president? I don't know about US president, but if she applies for political asylum to this country, we should snap her up. <laughs> I mean, a normal human being who gets Hamish and Andy's jokes. Mm. That's the sort of poly we can do with, quite <laughs> frankly. She's so wonderfully charming and normal. Mm. I mean, that's what's wonderful. She's in such a powerful position, First Lady and now Minister of Secretary of State, behaving like a normal human being. I mean, please, send us one. Yeah. <laughs>